And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I am your host, Heath, and with me tonight is my amazing, wonderful, talented, and beautiful co-host, Lily. <laughs> Lily, how you doing today? Howdy there. I'm good. Good. Glad to <laughs> hear it. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And for those that have noticed that Michael and Ethan aren't here, they're going to join us a little later when we bring our special guest on today's show. But before we get into that, I just want to thank Rachel Storman and Destiny Music for the track that's playing underneath us right now because God is doing a new thing and a great thing, and we are thankful to them for the music. And before we get into today's show, just wanted to get a few housekeeping items out of the way. Make sure to check out rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. There's a contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, to be a guest, recommend a guest. Heck, we don't care. If you want to contact us, use that form. And if you need prayer, there are two ways for you to partner, for us to partner with you in prayer. Sorry about that. You can either fill out the prayer request form on the website or you can write us at prayer at rmrr.live and we would love to partner with you in prayer. And while you're on the website, be sure to check out the link tree link links to all the socials and all the things um, and if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble please like and subscribe because that helps us to get to metrics that those platforms require for us to be able to go live so please like <laughs> and subscribe and follow us on uh, Facebook for additional content information that you're not going to see on the website because occasionally I do post things that are Facebook only and if you like the show and the show's content, feel led to donate to us. There are links to do so on the website, the show description below. And for those watching on the screen, they're going to be underneath Lily. And I think that's it. Let's get into it. We've got an amazing show for you today, and we've been planning this for a couple weeks. Uh, today's episode is part of our testimony series. We're going to bring on Dr. Donna Grant Wilcox. And if you guys have followed us on the show for a while, you know that we've talked about her at least a half a dozen, if not more times, about her healing and her some of her testimony that we've shared. And so we are excited to have Donna joining us. And, you know, I, I was going through the list of, of the stuff about Donna just to try to summarize who she is and, and what she's about. And I'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, if you like today's show, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your nana, your sister's cousin's former roommate. Why? Next uncle. You're a yeah. neighbor down the street. Exactly. Second, three times removed somehow. That's right. Because <laughs> sharing is caring. And so we want you to share out that show. And... We do have some advertisements today. I initially was going to roll video. Advertisements? Advertisements. I was going to roll video, but Lily and I are going to try to keep them short today. Okay. We're going to we're going to we're going to do our best. And if not, then we'll cut it and we'll we'll add <laughs> recording. <laughs> Um, so our first commercial up today is for Bite Tag. We have partnered with Bite Tag, um, and you should too. And here's why: they are. A sustainable tag for your pet, uh, cat, dog, gerbil, hamster, pig, goat, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can you can get a tag. It's got a little QR code on it. Uh, if your pet gets lost, um, you can scan the code. It's going to give all kinds of information about your animal, um, phone numbers to call, mom, dad, you know, brother, whatever. And um, this thing has the tracking. You can set up a like I said, the customizable profile. Um, they believe in your privacy, so they're not going to sell your data to anyone. Uh, there are that's no, good. yeah, no, it is great. That's really important because you don't want to just be protecting your pet, and all of a sudden 
get phone numbers from political solicitors. That's not fun. That's right. That's not fun. Let's just leave it there. (laughs) You're right. There there are no subscription fees or anything like that. And Bite Tag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. You're going to want to use it. And just for Rocky Mountain Revival Radio listeners and for Waymaker listeners, if you use code RMRR15, you're going to get a 15% discount on your purchase. And because... Bite Tag has ended their $10 sale. They're back up to that, what is it, $40, $50 mark for a Bite Tag, which is well worth it, by the way. Um, You're going to get that 50% savings. So check out BiteTag.com and protect your pet. Next up, um, this is probably going to be the the final week of commercials for Pastor Todd and Kelly's book, Holy Rebel. Um, We've talked about that for the last couple months, actually. Uh, So if you don't know, why have you not been listening? And second of <laughs> all, uh, Pastor Todd and Kelly wrote this book uh, to be a now book uh, as kind of a, a, a weapon in your quiver, as it were, for how to do some uh, rebellious activity against the the actions of the enemy. And, you know, they've they got a forward by Mario Murillo. It, this thing's available on Kindle and Audible and paperback. And you can go to radchurchapparel.com for a signed copy if you want a signed copy by Todd and Kelly. But again, this book really speaks the heart of God as well as, you know, just uh, a lot of great, um, great messages from Todd and Kelly. So check that out. Um, link down below. Lily's favorite commercial. We'll do we'll do that one next. Yes, my favorite commercial. Okay. So you guys, this weekend there's an outreach with the Redemption Squad and you should come join us. So Radiant Church Central Campus Friday at six o'clock. We are going to be meeting to pack these provision boxes full of hygiene products and food and whatever people may need. Uh, we're gonna pack dozens and dozens of those as always. And after that, you should stick around because we'll be watching the Passion of the Christ, um, right? Passion actually, of the Christ. That is correct, but they're actually packing the provision boxes on Thursday at Central Campus, oh, and then okay. Saturday. Saturday that we're going to go sense out because I thought there'd be some overlap in the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need so, a memo. <laughs> but, but yeah, if you if you are yeah. in the area, um, we are. Uh, this is Holy Week for those that don't know, and so the church is doing all kinds of prayer and and all kinds of things all week long. And Friday, mm-hmm. they're actually going to do a, a prayer meeting, uh, five thirty, and then at uh, I think seven because there's going to be an intermission, a half hour intermission. And then they're gonna uh, we're gonna get together and watch Passion of the Christ. Uh, there's going to be communion yeah. probably before and after the movie, and it's just going to be a great time of, of fellowship mm-hmm. and and celebrating the Lord. Uh, this this Easter weekend, and then as Lily was yeah. saying, Saturday, ten o'clock, Saturday, I'm Central go campus. Out to campus, ten o'clock. I'm gonna go out to some rough neighborhood, love thy neighbor, and um, you know I love this ministry because we partner with different churches and different ministries because we are neighbors and not competitors, and I love right. how they embody that heart of God. 
Right. Well, and last time we went out just a week or two ago, uh, we passed out 185 provision boxes. So again, mm -hmm. we pass out somewhere between 100, 200 boxes every time we go out and just bless mm -hmm. lives and pray for people. And so if you're in the area, you're in College Springs this weekend, you need something to do, uh, partner with us, Redemption Squad Ministries. Um, Radiant is also doing, I'll just do a plug for the church because I know their schedule. Uh, we are going to have multiple services this weekend. We're going to be uh, having regular Saturday service and uh at five o'clock and then north campus and central campus will be nine o'clock and eleven o'clock services both Woodland park will be a ten o'clock service if you're in the color springs area and, and up want to come visit us up north i'll be in the media booth all three north campus services so come by and say hi we'd love <laughs> to welcome you to the church um all right with that Valentine cover shoes. Um, I'm just gonna get right to the right to the chase. Sean and Amy Blake own the store. Veteran owned. Um, you need prayer. You need shoes. Go see Sean and Amy. Uh, it's gonna be the best decision you can make. Yeah, the best decision you can make for your feet. Soles on your feet or yeah. the soul in your heart. There you go. That, that is, you <laughs> know what? We're gonna, slogan. I we just might, came up with that. We might have to uh -oh. clip that and send that to Sean and Amy. But yeah, um, I went in about a month ago and got a new pair of shoes from them. And so amazing for my back and my knees and my ankles. So make the right decision. If you're in the neighbor, uh, the area, Colorado Springs, um, you know, of course, you can check out the website, reach out to them via email, phone call, whatever. Uh, you can. I'm sure they'd be loved to happy to special order you some stuff. Um, but yeah, check out Valentine Comfort Shoes. And finally, for our musicians, if you're looking for a new guitar, then we recommend you check out Wyoming Custom Guitars. Uh, these guitars are handcrafted by Bill Palmer, who's been writing music, playing music, singing music since 1979. And after an injury at work, was looking for something to make some money, to fill some time, and, and just further his passion. And so started handcrafting these beautiful guitars uh they sound amazing they look amazing and he's had many repeat customers who are professional musicians who have had nothing but amazing things to say about these guitars so check out wyomingcustomguitars.com and if you want to hear some music uh by them uh, they have a couple cds released uh you can check out two guys with guitars.com and that is the word two t-w-o spelled out if you go to any other two guys with guitars it's not going to be the same people we don't want you going there uh <laughs> all right so with that um let's get into today's show um again as i mentioned we are so happy to have our friend donna on the show with us it's been a long time coming i can still remember um mm -hmm. back last uh, june meeting her at radiant north when she was at the church talking about this organization that she actually works with uh projectrescue.com is the website i'll have that information down below and they actually are involved in rescuing people involved in sex trafficking and all kinds of things and so that was our missions window then and we had an opportunity to meet meet Donna afterwards and and uh, check out her book and all these kind of things. And I remember Donna threatening me that if we didn't have her on the show, she was going to hunt me down and hurt me. And so uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was true to that word. So we want to make sure we honor that and have Donna on. But Donna is just amazing. Uh, she's a motivational speaker. She's an author. She wrote a book, um, and I'll have uh, that link down below and also flashed up on the screen here. It's called Falling into Faith, A Journey to Freedom. And it's basically Donna's testimony. Uh, and a bunch of other stuff mixed in, and it's just absolutely incredible, uh, worth the read. Um, she is also a, a, 
a PhD Christian counselor. She has a master's in theology. She's an ordained chaplain. She's a musician, a comedian, a missionary. And again, she's a speaker for Project Hope. And it is our honor and privilege to have Donna joining us today. So everybody, welcome Donna Wilcox and Michael and Eth will be joining us. Be right back. And everybody, welcome Donna Wilcox to the show. Donna, it is such an honor and pleasure to have you joining us today. Thanks for uh, making time for us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, ma'am. All right. So we wanted to just dive into your testimony today and really share with our listeners. Um, of course, you know, you and I talked pre-show about several things we want to discuss. I want to make sure we talk about your your uh, your back and your injury there. And of course, being healed at Mario, because anybody who's been with us for a minute on the show already knows your name. And so I'm glad they can actually see a face uh, to the stories that we've told about you multiple times. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the floor. And then and then as we're kind of prompted to do so, we're probably going to pause and ask a couple questions of you along the way. So ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, Donna Wilcox. Well, thank you so much. And I'd like to start by reading a couple scriptures because you can't go wrong when you <laughs> guide yourself with some scriptures. Let me put my spectacles on. Um, the first one is an easy one. It's Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of your words give light. It gives knowledge to the simple. And you know what? Um, <laughs> I can be very simple-minded, and um, the Lord comes through, and He just gives us the strength and the wisdom to know what to do. And it uh, doesn't matter how many degrees you have on your wall. Um, I may have a doctorate in therapy, but you know what? <laughs> I, I can be real uh, simple sometimes and not understand. But, but I thank God for those moments because that's when He enlightens me with His Word. Um, and I also want to start out with, though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And that is um, Psalms 37, 24. And what I love about that, it was a, it's kind of the way my book is falling into faith, a journey to freedom. You know, I guess in all the things that's happened to me, I learned one thing. If I didn't fall into the arms of God and just fall into a trust fall, a true trust fall, where I didn't know where I was going to land or what was going to happen. Um, that's the kind of faith the Lord was getting me to in everything I went through. Um, so it really started way back in the, um, I want to say the heels, uh, Lily, for you, since Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky has a little bit. <laughs> but um, it was in um, L, what they call LA, Lower Alabama or Florabama. Um, my, uh, I was born in Mobile and then we moved, my dad was a pastor. We moved to the floor, floor BAM area and he pastored a church in Fort Walton beach for 32 years. And as when I was about three years old on up, there was things that began to happen in my body that I was constantly sick. <sighs> and, um, and it really didn't amp up until I turned 12 and, at 12, I began to have to have hospitalizations, constant 
constant anemic. And, you know, when you go to school and, um, you know, you, you're you with other kids, you want to do the things they do. You know, right. you want to you, you fit in. You're, I, when you're in the South and your dad's a preacher, you already, you know, are, are watched every minute. And uh, <laughs> you don't yeah. fit into it. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I couldn't do the things that kids do. I would faint. And we didn't know why. And to make a long story short of those years, it turned out that through my teen years, um, what I was struggling with was uh, blood disease. The doctors had decided that's what it was. I had multiple surgeries and it was just a time of devastation. And, and what I want to say, you know, I'm so glad we got young people on here because you know, there's so much emphasis put on so many things during your teen years. And I don't care whether it, I know that my teen years was the seventies and that is not <laughs> the same as the teen years today, but there's all the same emotions that happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you have all the same dreams. You want to dream and you want to, you know, have all of these things in your life and, and, and you make, all these, you know, lists, at least I did. Um, this is what I want to do. This is how many children I want to have. I mean, I wanted a classroom for the Lord. I was a preacher's kid that followed the rules. I wanted to just serve Jesus and take him all over the world. That's what, <laughs> that was my dream. But that didn't happen. Not the way I thought it would happen. And that's where we get hung up, y'all. And I just, mm. I want to say this so you hear it. We get so hung up on the present. We forget that God's the God of the future. And he knows the beginning from the end. Yeah. And that getting hung up can stay with us as a habit throughout our life. And we teach our children to do that. If we don't get it in check when we're young. And unfortunately, I didn't get it in check for a long time. Um, it took me some years to get it in check. And at the time, by the time I was 19, my mom and dad had to rush me back to the emergency room. And uh, I don't want to be graphic. I know it's a, you know, radio show, uh, Christian radio show. But I'll just say this. Um, I was hemorrhaging out what was inside of me. And. Um, things were happening in my body. They didn't know what to do. I went into emergency surgery. The last thing I said to my mom and dad, because I was the good girl. Okay. I was the one that followed the rules. I didn't go out smoking and drinking and doing weed as they called it back then. <laughs> I don't know what they call it now. <laughs> but, much um, the <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't go out and do all those things. I went, I was at church about four times a week and if not more and practicing at the church the other nights in the week. So, I mean, I was a musician, a singer. I did help daddy with youth as well as music. So, at 19, when, when we, the doctor said, it looks like we're going to have to do a hysterectomy. Um, my last words to my mom and dad before they took me in was, don't let them do it. God will come through. God's going to heal me. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, parents, if you're listening, you get scared. You know, doctors came out and they gave mom and dad 
this really bad news said she's dying on the table. We're got to do something and we're going to have to do the hysterectomy. So they said yes. And it, it, they were in turmoil. I never once, and I want you to hear this, never once did I blame them. Never once was I angry with them. I, I, mom and daddy were with me through everything. I, I wasn't about to come against my, the two parents that showed me more love than anybody, you know, other than oh. my Lord Jesus. So when I came out of it, I thought, daddy, I, I remember seeing my daddy and I had these tubes hooked up everywhere. I was just, every tubes were coming in and out of me. And daddy said, baby, it's going to be okay. They got everything. And I was, I guess my mother saw the confused look on my face. And I said, all I could muster up was what? And mom said, baby, they had to do the hysterectomy. But listen to me, God's going to give you children. But something died inside of me in that moment. Something, and, and you know, I hate it when therapists, and I'm a therapist, say, when you can tell your story without crying, you know you're healed. Uh-uh. No. To this <laughs> day, I tell my story, and I do weep, but I don't weep for the same reason. I weep because I see the hand of God in what happened. I see what God did and how he used that pain for a purpose. And so my weeping turned to joy and exhaustion because we ended up with lots of kids. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, when, when that thing just started, my mother saw that that happened to me. She saw that I just didn't want to be here no more. She told me that she saw it just as clear as day. And so she started speaking to me about, Christ, you know, about the scriptures and, you know, mom and daddy, they, they believed in healing. I mean, I'd seen them, daddy lay hands and pray for people and they be healed. And, and, you know, I saw that and um, I saw fevers immediately go away. So I'm, we believed in healing. We believed that God's word was true. Whatever was what happened yesterday could happen today. Just like he said, he is the same yesterday, today and forever. Um, but something was dying inside of me. I lost hope. It's like I had had so much faith for so long. Have you ever had so much faith for so long <laughs> and something happens and it's just like you get deflated. It's, it's like everything just goes out of you. Yes. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? When you're serving mm -hmm. God, you're doing all the right things and then bam, you know, the enemy comes in like a flood instead of mm. you letting Jesus come in like a flood. If I'd only remembered, you know, some of the scriptures and really <laughs> held them in my heart. Oh, how much different that hospital bed would have been for me. Mm. Mm. But I went into what they called a, uh, a floating coma. It's like I would come out of it and then go back into it. And every time I would come out of it, I was praying to die. I was saying, God, take me. I'm ready. Now, I didn't know this, but the stuff that was coming out of me, what I didn't know was everything that they had done to me, um, including they had used radium on me, straight blocks on my stomach, um, 
they came in with suits. I was not. I was just in there, you know, with wow. hospital stuff on. So it called gangrene throughout my entire body. And so my torso was bursting open as, you know, as I'm laying in the bed. So, so they're pumping this stuff out of me and it smells like um, rotten eggs. And back in the 70s, they didn't have the things that they have today. So everyone else could escape it and leave the room. My mother didn't and my dad, he would come in, but he was in shock, you know, for most of it. But people couldn't even stay because this the smell and I couldn't escape it. And I thought, God, you know, you know, kind of like what Job did, you know, where are you? And um and I just didn't understand. And it became worse and worse. And in, in the, they, every day, every night, they told my mom and dad, do not expect her to be here in the morning. <laughs> wow. Wow. Tw- oh, so, the curses. Yeah, for 28 days. So um, at one point, I come out of, what they call this floating coma. And I see this beautiful figure at the front, at the end of the bed. So I'm thinking it's Jesus. Oh, (laughs) I got my prayer wish. And um, then I realized I was hooked up to those machines and I was mad. (laughs) And um, I was like, and I really became angry in the bed. Like um, what in the world, Jesus, you know, this isn't right. And, and I began to argue, if you will. And that, angel pointed its finger at me and said something so profound that today I can say it and I feel it as if I was right there in the bed. It pointed to me and it said, do not pray to die. God hears the prayers of his children and he answers. Wow. That's right. And And then the angel said many, and it flowed its hands like this, many children will pass through your arms and be blessed. Oh, wow. You're not leaving this earth until you have accomplished that which he sent you to do. And then after that, for the remainder of those days, it held me up in its arms like Psalms 91, 11, where it says God will send his angel. They will hold you up in their arms and unless you cast your foot against the stone and they'll carry you through. And this angel carried me through and spoke nothing but scripture. For the remaining 21 days, because at that point it was remainder of 21 days. Nothing but scripture. Now, let me tell you, people need to open up their ears. We want a quick microwave fix. We really do. We're just programmed and selfish that way, right? Right. But, But the honest truth is some things come with prayer and fasting and, and going through stuff and suffering and, you know, whatever it may be, because God is making us into what we're pray We prayed to become for him. Right. But he knows what he needs to get out of us. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Donna had a lot of stuff. Even though she followed the rules, she had a lot of stuff she needed to get out. <laughs> and um, so that angel just prayed over me. Uh, well, spoke, I say prayed, but it was scriptures straight. And I smelled nothing, but I call it honeysuckle and vanilla in my book. The chapter is called honeysuckle and vanilla. 
It's the best description I could come up with with the smell, but it doesn't even compare. Because then wow. I smell peony and jasmine, and I'm like, oh, that that was okay. That was there too. Okay, so it's like it it was a mixture of some of the most beautiful fragrances, and I have always been a, a perfume lover. Okay, I'm I'm my lipstick's going to be on, and my perfume's going to be on. Okay, that is just going to be the case, and. You know, the Lord could not have done anything more beautiful for me. Now, could he have taken me right up out? It killed me completely where I didn't need all of that stuff. Yes, people, he could have. But I'm glad he did. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm. There are lessons I learned in those moments that I would not have learned because I know who I was. Okay, I know. I knew my little idiosyncrasies. I knew the perfectionism and everything that I was. And I saw black and white, black and white. Okay. You know, that's the way I saw things. Yes. Well, guess what? God likes to mess you up. <laughs> and he messed me up. He decided, you know what? You need to see it a little bit different. Because, because of what I went through and the lessons I learned in those years, I learned how to have, have compassion for people like I'd never had before. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't realize how much I was going to need that. Right. Going forward. And we all need compassion. And some of us are just built in with it. Okay. But the Lord needed to do something in me so I could see it on a deeper level. And before I go to how they found out what was wrong with me, does anybody have any questions for me? Oh, I do. Oh, come on, baby. Okay. So for our <clears throat> listeners, we have we have prophetic interest on this channel. Okay. And so when when you saw the angel, was that like was that like eyeballs and spirit? Was that like a physical spiritual encounter? Uh, was that like peripheral type vision like you hear about people when they close their eyes but they know the Lord walked into the room kind of thing? What was yeah, that? No, it I it was actual visually a um, form. Okay. And here's the thing about it. That's it awesome. Was, it was um, the most precious form of love. Oh. oh. Wow. It was as if it was in, inside my head and could see, feel every hurt I felt. It was it was beautiful. I hear when you say that 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 being I don't I don't have a name, but I hear when you say that that he was directly from the throne. Oh, he was. <laughs> oh, and he I, was. He was, and I'll tell you something really cool about him or her. I'm gonna, this is the cool thing. Okay, when I felt like I wanted my daddy, it spoke in a manly form. Mm. When I felt like I wanted my mother, wow. it spoke in the most beautiful feminine voice. Wow. And it was Southern, everybody. Okay. A amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right, Lily. Um, <laughs> but it just, it was everything I needed at every moment of my being in that bed with those tubes everywhere. Wow. And that, to me, 
how I could have ever, okay, get this people, how I could have ever made any choice other than to tell you the rest of my life, I served the Lord and I did everything you wanted me to do. (laughs) You would think that I would do that, wouldn't you? Well, guess what? Donna (laughs) has a flesh and that flesh liked to speak. And sometimes I listened and it wasn't good. And um, I spent... uh, several years after that encounter and that situation with my health, not only still sick, still don't know what's wrong with me, still getting blood transfusions. Um, They tried one thing right after another, but I was depressed. I was depressed. I was going to ask about that. Actually, I, um, (sighs) First of all, just wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. But, you know, as you're telling that story, I, I've known women personally who, who've had to go even at a, a much older age than 19 had to go through a hysterectomy. And I know yes. that that, it, that decision medically is one that, that wrecks, has wrecked every woman I've known at a young age that's had to go through that, where yeah. it basically robs them of some form of identity. It robs them of, you know, that, you know, I, I can't be a mom. I'm not a woman because I can't have kids kind of a thing. And, and even once they've worked through that, there is a cycle of depression and, you know, mental health things that happen as a result of that. And so I'm, I'm, well, I'm not glad that happened with you. I'm glad that you mentioned that here because that is a, that is a side effect that any, any woman faced with that decision is, is going to encounter. And so, um, it's also great to hear as, as part of the testimony that, you know, you were, you were definitely uh, touched by angels there, <laughs> you know, and, and God was with you through that. And yet on the other side of that, you still have, you know, a very human reaction. You have very human uh, feelings and emotions that, that come into play that you then have to address and battle and, and, you know, choose whether or not you're going to seek him or you're going to find comfort somewhere else or whatever. And so um, I'm, I'm actually excited for the next part of the story. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So, so this is what I do. This is what Donna does. All right. Um, Donna is working through this depression and she's, you know, I'm just going to work, you know, and, and sometimes I leave, by someone taking me to the hospital or ambulance, or sometimes I can work all the day through the day and go home. I had an amazing manager at the bank that I worked at and I was going to school too. I was doing um, a Bible study school, but I had an amazing manager that was the vice president of the bank. And he said, if you fire her, you fire me. And he had been there for 38 years. He stood by me to make sure I got that health insurance. And so it was like, you know, crazy what he did for me. But when um, I came home, I came home with a hole in my stomach because my stomach had burst open. So not only am I dealing with depression, but I'm having to go in and change the gauze in my stomach three times a day. Wow. So now they have different things that they can use. They've got these different kinds of, uh, I've got a friend that's a wound care nurse. And, you know, they have different things that they can use for that. Well, they didn't do that 
with me. I had to literally change out because because of what they did to me, they got a total of, and I have the medical records, a total of six feet cut out of me uh, that was intestines and scar tissue because the radium had caused it to, to, to like go like a vine and wrap around my intestines. So they had to cut out a total of, you know, our intestines are quite long, our small and large, but they got just enough, but not too much that I, I didn't have to have the, the bag, you know, um, yes. from all that. So praise God for that. Praise but, God. Uh, for yeah. That. That's amazing. But they stretched it out and took a picture of it. It was six feet of wow. both adhesions and intestines. But, but because I had to heal from the inside out because it was gangrene, if they sew you back up, see, it just bursts back open. Mm-hmm. And it causes more infection inside so that, you know, you have to heal from the inside out. Well, I went back to work one week after I got home. I was, 80, I was 82 pounds. Wow. And um, I went back to work and I begged my boss not to let anybody know that I had a hole in my stomach. And they did not let my, my manager and the vice president did not let nobody know. And I'd go in and I would change it out. And that I would get to use this separate bathroom to do it. And, and I, and I got to tell you, it was hard. That was a hard time. Okay. But here's something really cool. I got to share. <laughs> I'm so glad we're doing it. You don't, you don't mind if I go long here. Oh, okay, no. Go um, for it. See, before I went into the hospital and all this happened, the Lord had put on my heart, Donna, pay your car bill. That's the only bill I had three months in advance. Hmm. Now, I pay tithes, you know, and I thought, pay my car. I don't know if I have enough. Maybe in, I made $400 a month. I was a teller. I made 400 I was so excited. $400 a month. That's what I made. And um, I, But I had a savings account because my father always taught us, you pay your tithes first. You pay your bills. Your character means something. You need to pay your bills. Because people go down the street, and if you say you're a Christian, and they know they worked at that place where you don't pay your bill, you have ruined your testimony. Mm. So my daddy was big on you pay your bills. So um, so I prayed about it, and I thought, well, I do have just enough in savings, but that would just take all my savings. But I thought, okay, well, I feel like this is the Lord. So my car payment, and they included the insurance in it, was $154.10. And um, I, I mean, I journal everything. And so I and I remember so much, so detailed. <laughs> so so I paid it in advance for three months. Do you know that when my next payment was due, when I went back to work, it was when my first paycheck came? Oh, wow. So I never I never see my wow. worry was that m- my bill would fall on my dad. And I didn't want my daddy to have to worry about my you know, I'm an adult now. You know, I don't want him to have to worry about my stuff. So the Lord knew that was something that really was heavy on my heart. And so the Lord gave me my heart's desire by making sure daddy didn't have to pay that car payment. Well, even though he would have done it in a heartbeat if he even knew I was thinking about it. So so it's just this is just a cool fact that, you know, I just love <laughs> So, so when you, the Lord nudges you, listen, mm. 
Hey, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Listen, because if it's not him, he'll close the door. Yeah. Right. You won't feel right about it. You won't feel peace. I felt total peace going and taking out my savings and paying that three months in advance. Mm, that is so, so that, good. That that was the trick. So so that happened, and I'm back at work and still going to the hospital to the ER hospitalizations. Okay, and I'm going to get to age 23 when it, my world changed. One night I came in from work, and my mother had made me my favorite. She made the best fried pork chops in the world, and she had made me fried pork chops and um rice and homemade gravy biscuits am i making you hungry i was just saying um, i'm getting yeah. hungry now Thanks. yeah she made me <laughs> she made me collards instead of turnips because i like collards not turnips and she made me homemade cornbread and oh. i'm i'm like i come in and i look at her and she's like baby you don't look good and i remember and at this time i had lost even more weight to 78 pounds so here I am, 23 years old, <laughs> 78 pounds. Um, that ain't much of a figure, girl. Um, so um, so I said, Mama, I just don't feel good. I, I don't feel good. I can't even think to eat. I said, I just want to go lay down. So I want to back up in a minute and tell you something about my husband, Bob. But he wasn't my husband then. But first, I want to finish this because I want you to hear if you if you are thinking of turning off this this uh, radio interview, don't do it right now. <laughs> I want you to hear this. If you're praying and you're seeking God and you're trying to find an answer and you true God sees your heart. He knows you're fallible. He knows you're human. He made you. If you're doing that, don't give up. Don't give up. Have a friend that would tell you, don't give up. I had a sister that would say to me, Donna, don't you dare give up. I'll kill you. Now, I <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. And, she was yeah. and you know what? She was older and she had been a tomboy growing up and she could have done it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> truly done it but anyway um in the middle of the night i i remember i'm 23 it's in october 1983 and i remember seeing my mom and dad in the bedroom and i remember thinking what are they doing to me and then i'm like hallucinating and they're wrapping me up is what they're doing to take me to the hospital something is desperately wrong <laughs> so they Take me into the ER. And instead of going to Pensacola, which is the better hospitals, because our town was smaller back then. It was just real small. They decided to take me on to the hospital that was only a mile away. And we go come in and uh, everybody knew me. I mean, my sister and I would sing on the radio, you know, for many years. And my dad preached. Everybody knew us. I mean, dad bought... Um, food for those that didn't have food. Some of them didn't even come to our church. The local hooker came to our church and sat on the front row and I went and sat by our makeup was great. And, um, you know, so, I mean, everybody knew this family that was crazy. <laughs> Her makeup was great. I love it. It was. 
I we'll love get it. to that. It was. <laughs> I, I sang at her funeral, and it looked beautiful then too. Um, but uh, she, yeah, she did receive Jesus. I want y'all to know that. Oh, but, um, Amen. They, they they're taking me in, and the doctors and the nurses are having a conversation, and they're saying, "We wish we could find out what's wrong with little Donna Grant." Okay, I was always known because I was so little, little Donna Grant. And um, and people, if someone you know in your life is sick and you're praying for them, don't say, oh, are you still feeling bad? Don't do that to them. Because I wanted to be known as a happy one, not the sick one. If you want to say something to them, you just go up to them and say, hey, I've been praying for you. Or just whatever you need to say, but put a good twist on it because they already know how sick they are. Okay. That's right. And they don't need to repeat to you. They don't need that as their identity. They don't need identity and sickness in the same thing. They need, they need the goodness of God spoken directly to their identity in the midst of sickness. That's right, Michael. That's right. And that was what happened to me my whole life. And I hated it. My Mm. mother would look at me like, don't, don't you say something naughty because, you know, I might would, would mouth off. I wouldn't say, you know, a bad word or nothing. I just mouth off like, of course I'm sick. Bad found what's wrong with me yet. Jesus ain't healed me yet. I'm like, I, I had done that. you know. So she didn't want me to get that way. But um, but but I, I, I just that was a side note. So I'm brought in. These doctors and nurses are talking. Oh, I wish we could find out what's wrong with little Donna Grant. Well, this doctor comes out of this little room. My daddy saw it happen and he comes over to where the doctors and nurses are. And he says, what are you talking about? That girl that's brought in was just brought in. And they began to tell this doctor now, Oh, this is, this is so good. Okay. They begin to tell this doctor about me and that nobody's ever been able to find out what's wrong with me. So this doctor looks over at my mom and dad who's in tears. I had 106 temperature. They oh. were trying, yeah, they were trying to get it down. I didn't, now I don't know any of this. <clears throat> this was all reported to me and I journaled it from my mama and dad. Um, so mama said, you know, baby, I don't normally cry. She said, but I was in tears at this point because we didn't know if we were going to lose you that night for, uh, again. So, so they're in there. The doctor co- pulls the curtain back. And he walks in and this is what he says. Hello, my name is Dr. Edward. He's passed on now. I am the chief surgeon at Emory Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. I am the over the spleen and liver department. And there is something so familiar about your daughter. And I would like permission to check her out. And I will not charge you a dime. Oh, wow. Wow. That's right. (laughs) Now, say what you will. God could have healed me before. But you guys, I'm so glad he didn't because, you know, we have to understand we're walking on this earth and things happen. But we got to keep our faith in Jesus no matter what the circumstances look like. And, and, you know, I wouldn't have had that moment if I had just given to death and not listened to that angel, you know, even yeah. when it Because I didn't pray to die no more after she told me not to, you know, or he told me not to. It scared me because, you know, God hears our prayers and he answers them. So I guess I really didn't want to go, right? So, so wow. this doctor 
takes me into the examining room and then he takes me to the x-ray and M CAT scan area. In 15 minutes, he found out what had been wrong with me all of my life. What? It was, yeah. It was, now get this. Remember who he is. Chief Surgeon of Emory Hospital Spleen and Liver Department. It was a diseased spleen. Wow. And the spleen was the size of a like a four-month-old baby, like a little baby, like a four or five-month-old baby inside of me. It's like a baby. That's huge. Yeah. And you could see it protruding at times in my side, and I would hurt. Like, I couldn't walk more than, like, a little bit without mm, the pain side, you know, the pain in my side hurting. And I tell the doctors about it, and they say, oh, yeah, your spleen's enlarged. But, you know, that happens when you have infection. You have a kidney infection. You have this. You have that. So, you your spleen's enlarged. <laughs> sounds, like, it, sounds like horse doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every x-ray from the age of 15 and every MRI and every CAT scan, it said in large letters, um, um, well, defected spleen and liver. It said um, needs to be exa um, examined thoroughly. So like it had these wordings. I wish I had my x-ray in here. It had the exact wordings of some from the time I was 15. So, wow. so it was years. All, yeah, years. And so, yes, people take control of your health. Don't believe because you got doctor on the front of your name. Okay. You know, mm. um, that don't mean a whole lot because Jesus is our great physician. You take what you t you're told that is information you need to know how to pray <sighs> and to know how to get information, to know how to get wisdom. So, <laughs> so this doctor says you need your spleen out immediately. How it hasn't killed you, how it hasn't burst and killed you is a miracle. Now, by this time, they had my fever down to where I could understand what was happening around me. I didn't even know who this man was. Mom and daddy had already had lengthy conversations with him. And they wanted to fly me to Atlanta. But daddy said, sir, I'm a pastor. I have my church here and I have sick elderly people in my church. And um, is there any way we can do it here? And he said, well, let's take her to Pensacola. So I got my spleen taken out. It As he's taking it out. And moving it over because he wants it to he wants to examine this thing so bad. It oh. burst. Oh, Whoa. I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Now wow. Here, here's the thing about that. So many things had happened to me. I'd had car accidents because I'd fainted at the wheel. Okay. Um, I had something happen to me at the hands of someone else that, you know, I call it the foggy years and I won't get into it on this radio Um interview but i one day i'd love to do that you we'll know, have I, you back we'll have yeah. you back soon for donna part two yeah there you go but um <laughs> but it was something that was unfortunate and and because of that spleen it could definitely have killed me what happened to me 
and I was actually hospitalized because of, I had bruises and um, I had fractures, I had bruises all over my body. And, and so, um, as, you know, when you're hurt at the hands of somebody that you've trusted, um, God is still there. He could have stopped that from happening. But guess what, people? Because that happened to me, I do for free workshops for women who are in situations where they have been abused or, or, or have had violence against them and things that I would not have understood. Because growing up, I didn't understand that kind of stuff. I just knew it happened. So because it happened to me, I understand how they feel. And, and I can talk to them. I'm not just, you know, when they see me, they see me, this woman that's put together that matches and her shoes matches. And, you know, and they look at me like, yeah, what have you been through? But then I get to tell them my story. And the thing is, what happened to me could have killed me and should have, according to Dr. Edward, killed me. But it didn't. God saved my life. And he used this amazing man who I sent cards to every year, thanking him and telling him how much I love him every birthday. Um, and it was just a wonderful connection because we got to speak Jesus to this man. And um, I began to be healed. But what I want to say, I want to go back to... Um, Bob, the man that I'm married to now, I'm looking at the time because I don't know how long I've talked. But um, Bob and I, I, Bob came to our church two weeks before I was 16 years old. And I'll never forget it because I see him come in and he looks so shy. I love shy people because I don't understand it. And so, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone feel free to laugh. That was hilarious. Just, yeah, y'all just got that one. <laughs> y'all a little slow out there now. Um, so, so he comes in and, and, Bob, and, and he's got these big military glasses on, you know, okay. And he and he's an adult man with braces, you know, and but I just like, oh yeah, that's the man. And um and I see him sit on the back of, you know. Of toward the back of the church and um i ran over to daddy i stopped playing the piano i ran over to daddy i said daddy you can't start church right now there's a there's somebody new it's, i think he's a military man that just came into the church and i gotta go say hey to him and um <laughs> so, so daddy said uh okay baby we'll go, well go tell your mama she's you know at the organ see what she says and then then we're gonna start when you get done but don't talk long and we'll take him to lunch after and I'm like, okay. So <laughs> Bob had never been around Southerners before. Okay, so oh man, we were shocked for his poor system. But um, I went over to Mama. I said, Mama, military man over there. Daddy says I need to go say hey. Well, kind of, I need to go say hey. And Daddy said I could if you say okay. And she said okay. Well, hurry. And so I went down, ran down, and got right in front of this guy who was so shy. My man is the shyest thing. He won't talk. People don't. I mean, I've known friends that say, I've had for 10 years that 
that just found out he could talk. You know, I mean, it, it's really true. And, um, and, he, and, he, and he's very rational and he's well put together, you know. Oh, my goodness. He like, if we're going on vacation, he gets it all figured out, you know. And I'm just like, like fly by the seat of my pants. And, you know, if I say I want to go bungee jumping, he's like, okay, this is what you need. This is what we need to do. Okay. You know, he does all the logistics. So, um, so, but I run down there and I say, hi, I'm Donna Grant. I'm the preacher's daughter. And I, I'm smiling, you know, and he's, and he literally looked at me and looked straight down. And, <laughs> and I literally do this. I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that we would like to welcome you to ride assembly at that um after church my daddy's gonna take you to lunch okay do you have plans because um, i'm going to <laughs> and, and by the way you are so handsome <laughs> so you know sir i, I wish i'd done that and uh, he said no i said uh what's your name? And he said, Bob Wilcox. And I said, where are you from? And he said, um, I'm from Wisconsin. I went, Oh, you're a Yankee. Oh, that's good. And so <laughs> my mama told me that one day I was going to marry a Yankee. And <laughs> that's awesome. He was so red. I can't even describe the red that this man was. So I ran up to the organ and didn't know my mother's microphone had been turned on. Oh, no. And I said, Mama, he's a Yankee. <laughs> and Mama just like looks at me and I hear my echo. He's a Yankee. Oh, my work. And I'm thinking. He'll never go out with me now. And I'm about to be 16 and I can single date. He's never going to date me now. He, so Bob came into my life and I knew he was the only person I'd ever dated that had this depth about him. He was five years older than me. So that helped. But um, five and a half. But he, I always tell him he's older than me. So, um, But he had this, he just had this depth about him. Bob was true blue. What you saw was what you got. His integrity was intact. He really was true blue. Well, through all this that happened, when at night, when 19 came, and, and I would date Bob two weeks and drop him. <laughs> Guys, hold on. If you got a girl that does this, if she's sick, just wait, okay? <laughs> Poor Bob. I know. It's, it's really true. It's so true. Poor Bob. But, um... <laughs> Um, but he's mine, all mine. And, uh, and so, so I date him and I drop him because I'd have to go in the hospital or something would happen. And I'd be like, I'm damaged goods. You know, after night, after 19 happened, that was my statement of my life. Oh, I, wow. yeah, I was damaged goods. You did. Did you listen to Bob when he would probably say, no, you're not. Oh no. He, he, he said, I'll buy us children. And Aww. I didn't, and I didn't, I nice. said, no, I said, when we dated, we talked about, we wanted a girl, we wanted a boy, or we wanted a classroom, but when we dated, that's what we talk about. I can't give that to you and you deserve it. You were oh. the one man in my life that deserves that. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So mm. Bob, after that, 
he said, I can't stay on the roller coaster anymore. And we broke up for good. And Bob went one way. I ended up living, was so mad at God, which is what added to my depression during that time. And then 23 happened when I, they found out what was wrong with me. And, um, and then they got it out. Now, I want to tell you this. Um, and then I'm going to speed this uh, forward. Now, Heath, you just keep me in check, okay? You, you, you just do what you need to do, Miss Donna. I told All you, right. we, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. So You know, I've been praying about this. And there's just so much I feel in my heart that God is putting in my heart to make sure I say, you know, speak for somebody. And um, I don't care if it's for one person. You need to listen. Yes. You know, um, it's, it's through all of that, uh, it, what Bob would say, and then me being angry with God because I lived, and, I, and then Bob ended up getting married. And, um, and I was in the wedding. What? <laughs> Whoa! Wait, so... So I didn't Bob, think, now, now I didn't think I was going to tell this part, but uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I actually kind of hooked. Well, she wanted to date him. I told him, and he got mad and went out with her, and they ended up getting married. Wow. Okay, there was a twist I yeah. didn't see coming. Yeah. Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> mm. So. Lily, pick your chin up off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> She's still. I'm just can, no, we, like, can we hear some? Can we hear time. some waiting commentary? Yes, Lily, go ahead. I want. I didn't hear what you have to say right <laughs> now. Lily, Lily, what's on your mind, baby? <laughs> no, but like this entire time between the spleen thing and the angel thing, and now this, like my jaw's been dropped half the time. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, <sighs> I'm still glad I had um, that impact. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, just a commentary <laughs> for our podcast listeners my jaw has been on the floor this entire oh, time I was really this podcast this folks are definitely story. missing out they're missing out on this because <laughs> yeah. the reactions on everybody's faces are worth watching this episode so if you're listening on yeah. podcast get over to youtube or rumble and pick this up there because you're uh, going to want to see the facial expressions they're there worth you it. go anyway yeah. go ahead, check out our white teeth <laughs> that's right yeah. lily you're so beautiful and god's got great plans for you so you just hang on mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> i always tell people put your seatbelt on baby it's gonna be a ride and uh, <laughs> and and you know that happened and so i moved away i was like i need to get as far away from this as i can and i met a man that was a christian and on our first date, and I want you guys to listen. On our first date, he said, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay. He didn't know nothing about my life. He said, I don't want children of my own. And I said, okay. Um, do you, are you against adopting? And he said, well, no. He said, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to have children of my own. Now, you know, the naivety of youth, you know, I, I didn't understand, even though I was going through counseling classes, you know, during that time, I did not understand that there was a deeper issue in his life that God needed to heal. Um, but this was my first thought. 
oh, dear Jesus, I don't even need to pray about this. You sent me someone that won't think I'm damaged goods. They don't want kids of their own. Wow. That's right. So I walked in to a marriage nine weeks later because I found someone that I thought God sent to me. I didn't pray about it. I didn't think I had to. Never think you had, never, never think that. You got to pray about everything, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even if the circumstances seem perfect. Yes. yes. You said it in the <laughs> circumstances seemed like it was God Almighty that dropped him right in my path. Mm-hmm. And I really thought, my 25-year-old brain thought, okay, this is God Almighty. And we're going to get married and be happy and adopt a bunch of kids. We got married. And I won't go. This is his story to tell. So I won't go into a lot of detail. We were married 10 years. It was not a healthy marriage. Um, He had a lot of stuff from abuse in his life that through our Christian counseling, he began to face when we went to Christian counseling. And, um, you know, the Lord healed him, he said, of a lot of those issues. And we stayed in touch for several years after we divorced. But um, but right as all that was falling apart, the separation, all that was happening, um, I got a call. I was living in upstate New York. So you have to read my book to get everything, you guys. But um, I was living in upstate New York, and, and I got a call from my mom and dad. And I thought it was just their regular weekly call to say, hey, baby, you know, what's going on, you know? Um, but no, it was them telling me that mother had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and asked, could I come home? And I could hear it in my dad's voice. He, they never would, never, never asked me to come like that before, you know? And by this time, I was 32. And um, I dropped everything, got on the next plane. Okay, I can't, I cannot not tell you this. So I, we lived in upstate New York where you had to take a, what do you call those little charter planes? Okay. To Vermont from, well, you know, you had to take a, um, oh, what do you call it? Where you put your car into this thing and it ferries. Like ferry boat. Yeah. Yeah. A boat. <laughs> okay, you had to take a ferry boat ride. <laughs> See, I'm so blonde and gray. <laughs> you had to take a ferry boat ride to Vermont, and from Vermont, you take a charter flight to a bigger airport, and then you fly from there to Florida. Well, oh. I'm in the on the ferry boat, and I'm I'm just. I'm just beside myself. I'm crying my makeup off. I'm trying to be okay because people are going to wonder. People are looking at me. I, I get over, you know, across to the to the Vermont side. I get to the airport and I'm sitting there and I've just got my hands down and tears are flowing. I'm Mama and Daddy were my best friends. When everybody else deserted me, because they oh. didn't know how to handle a friend that was sick all the time. My mama and daddy never did. So, yeah, I was loyal to my mama and daddy. And you know what? If you've got a friend that's sick, don't desert him. Right. 
You know, right. I I literally had nobody to go out and do things with because everybody was afraid of me. It was like if she would just eat, you know, whatever. And when they diagnosed me and I got the, the spleen out, when I got home from the hospital, my mother had to take the phone off the hook because there were so many people calling to apologize for the things they said about me because they really didn't think anything was really wrong with me. So, and these were church people. Okay. Yeah, of course they were. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Which is why I have that chapter, uh, Church Hypocrites and Forgiveness. Okay. You have to read that chapter now. <laughs> Falling into faith, the journey to freedom. Read it. Church hypocrites and forgiveness. But Hallelujah. You have, you have to forgive them. But um, but anyway, I'm I'm in this airport and I'm crying. And this man comes over to me, this very nice man, and he says to me, "Ma'am, I don't want to intrude or or I don't want to interfere with your life. I just want to know if I can pray for you." And I looked at him and I said, "I." It blurted out. My mama, my best friend's got cancer. I'm going to be with her. And I, and I just blurted it all out. And he, and he said, where are you flying to? And I said, Fort Walton Beach. And he went, well, isn't that something? Out of everybody in the whole wide world, this man was flying from Vermont to Fort Walton Beach. Oh, wow. He, he lived in little Fort Walton Beach at the time. He had come to Vermont to take care of his mama. Or to see his mom. So he sat next to me and comforted me. Well, it looks like we freed by me with every every. Oh, do we freeze? All right, we're we're back. Sorry about that okay. little technical difficulty. Right. We're back. Go that's, ahead. That's okay. He um stayed with me, switched seats with people so that we could sit together. And was there comforting, praying for me, told me when he got home, his wife would pray with him for my mom. And um, when we got to the airport, daddy and daddy was there to pick me up. And he I met his wife and briefly and they went off and and um, they ended up coming to church one Sunday, which was wonderful. I mean, who who would have could have put a person in, in Vermont, this little town right. in Vermont? You know, and I mean, God is crazy cool. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, he's just over the top. And um, if we just let him be and just notice what he's doing. And so we get home and my mom, I had the best four months with my mother. And I slept on an egg crate next to her bed because chemo made her sick. And so I just would sleep on the egg crate next to her bed to her bed and help her because daddy was just like a zombie. But anyway, when mom went to be with the Lord on January 7th of 1994, um, three days later, we celebrated her life, you know, at a church with her passing. And um, Bob came to the funeral and I wouldn't even look at him mm. because, you know, it was like that was when before my mother died, my mama said, Donna, I want to tell you something. She said, uh, there's a couple regrets I have about your life and I want you to hear them. And I said, well, mama, what is it? She said, everything you ever did in your life, you did in pain. Ah. She, said, she said, nobody knew how you suffered. She said, you would go to church and you would laugh and smile. And she goes, I don't know how you did it. She said, but I knew how much you suffered. 
And she said, but God told me that he's going to restore you. And you're going to have new wings, new feet, new legs. And you're going to fly with the eagles. And you're going to have youth that you missed. <laughs> but he said, the, she said, the one thing that can't be fixed, I can't do, you know, I don't know how to say this, but I know that you should have married Bob Wilcox. Wow. And um, I'm sorry that I didn't maybe push you more toward it and encourage you. She said, you were going through so much. Your daddy and I didn't know what to do. And I said, it's okay, mama. You know what? It's okay. I, I want to live alone and just take in children that, that, you know, nobody wants. And, you know, I mean, I, I had a whole plan. Well, little did I know that I was going to be diagnosed with a rare cancer a year later. And it was one of the rarest cancers. And for those who's listening, you can't see it, but it looks like the shape of a heart and it goes all the way to the back of my neck, the scar. That's where the tumor was. And um, it was because of a car accident. They even found it. Oh, wow. But wow. Um, I was diagnosed and my, you know, and I couldn't, I felt like I wanted to pray for healing, but I couldn't because how could I? I'm divorced. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm the one that's damaged and broken and and people look at you and they say, You shouldn't have done that, you know, that shouldn't have happened. And and I wanted to say my side of the story, you know, what I knew happened and and how I had biblical rights and I wanted to to, to say it, but I felt don't defend yourself, Donna. Don't. God is, is either going to defend you or you're not going to defend yourself. So I'm keep my mouth shut. Mm. And the Lord rewarded that. He really did. But um, Bob had been married for 15 years and he um, had been separated for several years, which I did not know. And then they went through a divorce. So he had come by and and saw me out front washing my car and he stopped and wanted to know why I wouldn't look at him and why I was like rude to him at my mom's funeral way back when he came to my mom's funeral and I turned around and I said because I've loved you my whole life and you know what I messed it up it's my fault and you're wow. married so just go away and I was just like, you know, I was mad. I, I, I wanted him. I needed him. I knew that was right. But yet I messed it up. Wow. And he said, well, you know, <laughs> that's not my situation anymore. And I'm, I'd like to take you out on a date. So then I'm like, oh, my God. You mean What? <laughs> and, and in the midst of all this, Bob did have a little girl and she was born February the 6th, which is my birthday mm. in 1985. So he did get that little girl that he always longed for. And so I'm really grateful to God for that for him, even though his marriage of 15 years wasn't able to sustain. You know, we we all have things that. We wish we could do different. I, I'm I'm an advocate for marriage, 
not divorce. Okay, divorce is not something I want to see happen. It shouldn't have happened to me. But we all make mistakes. We all make choices. It don't mean God can't redeem them, restore our lives, and and he that he can't come in and he can't bring blessings instead of curse in that situation. You know, when I counsel young people that they're they're getting married, but they're she's pregnant and they've come to the Lord. You know, they they come in downcast most of the time, like, oh, you know, look at me, I'm I've done this terrible thing and and I look at them and I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus saved you, he forgave you mm. of your sin. Yes. Now, yes, there you're going to reap what you sow. Okay, th- there's going to be consequences of that choice, which is a baby's coming. <laughs> and I said, and when you hold that baby, my goal for you <clears throat> is to look at that baby as a blessing, not a curse. Right. Yes. And I said, I don't care what anybody in your church says to you. This is what you're going to do if you're going to come to me for counseling, for premarital counseling. And I've never had one dis- you know, disagree with me, say, no, I don't want to come to you. They come and they learned what God's word says and they've forgiven themselves. That's our problem. We don't forgive ourselves, people. You know, mm-hmm. we... We hold on to things. And, you know, too, I had family that was like, oh, my word, you have shamed the name of the grants. Oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, I know, okay, I shamed us. But, you know, little do do you know, if everybody knew everything about you, you'd be shaming everybody, too, you know. But, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, the, but the, the, world-changing event that happened to me, the life-changing event, and I'm going to get to the Mario Murillo thing here real quick, but the life-changing event is this time with Bob, I chose to do things different. How old were you at this time? At this point, I was 34. Okay. And um, I... At, told Bob, I said, okay, I'm not going to run away from you. I'm just going to tell you that you've asked me out on Friday, April the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You weren't fools, though. No. no. I said, April the 1st, you asked me out on a date, and I've just come from the doctor, and you need to know something because you may not want to take me out. Mm. I have one of the rarest cancers they've seen. Chemo don't work on it. Radiation will only prolong another tumor. Um, I'm not going to take the radiation because the amount they want to give me without a spleen, it will kill me. So basically without God, without Jesus to forgive me and to heal me, I am going to die unless Jesus heals me because the doctors can't do nothing. Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, none of them. They said it's one of the rarest soft tissue sarcomas. And Bob said, all right, what do you want to do? I said, for once in my life, I don't want to do anything the doctors say. I want to believe God. And he said, okay, that's what we'll do. And so our, our first date, I had to have cancer surgery quickly. So our first date, 
was that next week, but it was when I, the day I got home from the hospital and I had a big bandage around my neck. I looked like the bride of Frankenstein. I was so proud to be in Cowboys in Navarre, Florida, eating a steak with, with my man. And I asked him to marry me that night. And um, I asked him every day for six months after till he did. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, he was, he's very logistically challenge he just wants to do everything just right but um so and we did we were persecuted i will say that everybody looked down on us because see i come back into town think about how it looks i come back into town i'm going through a divorce bob is going through divorce but i'm taking care of my mom i don't even know i mean i'm not i'm not seeing him you know so People thought that it was uh, I was the reason for um, his divorce and that he was the reason for mine. That was not even the case. Good night. But, yeah. So, um, so I, I, uh, you know, we had to walk through that, and we had to walk through it together, and we had to make a decision. We're going to stay, stay in, you know, with the Lord. We're not going to back away. We don't care how people look at us. Because we've got to find healing. I need healing. So we need it. And so we're seeking it. And I felt so unworthy to speak healing over me. But see, what I didn't realize then until I started really studying God's word. Hey. Yeah. Is that salvation means healing in hebrew the Come word sal salvation even means healing it means wholeness and wellness and health it means um redemption restoration every single thing we could ever need it means in the hebrew language yep so yep. i was denying something i had <laughs> yep so Ooh. say that yeah, again i was denying something i had you already had it. I already mm. had it. It's in his so work. Many, so many Christians, they beg for what is already theirs. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's they like going to get saved for what was given to them already. Mm -hmm. That's why I had to give a house church this past Saturday. And God just took my tongue and shouted through my mouth, Why are you begging for what you already have? You are Thank his child. You. You're begging to be adopted still. Oh, wow. You are his. Stop addressing him and screaming out to him like he's not there when he's holding you. Oh, <laughs> oh you you give me chills, girlfriend. I love that. Oh, God has got plans for you. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, well. so really, really quick before you go further, Donna, I just wanted to yes. point out that you said something that actually uh, I, I I don't know if people caught caught on. And that was the fact that, you know, God established healing in your life. He established a plan and a purpose in your life. And then you came along and decided to make a decision that wasn't part of that plan. And right. yet, 
and yet, you know, 10 years later, you're divorced and going through another, you know, illness and all these things. And yet God is still wound up using you in so many different ways. And I just, I wanted to make sure that we highlighted that for our listeners, because, you know, it doesn't matter. Again, we've said this on the show a billion times. It doesn't matter what you're into, what you've done, you know, how messed up you are, how broken you are, how in need of anything you are, God is still going to find a way to use you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. And so, you know, he lets us make these decisions and choices that aren't necessarily something that he would like to see as part of his plan, but he's still going to roll with us. He's going to let us make those mistakes. He's going to let us make those choices. And hopefully as a byproduct of that, we're going to learn that our way is not as good as his way and that we can repent of those choices and that we can move forward with him. And he's still going to use our life in an amazing way, which if, you know, if you've been paying attention to Donna, like he's been doing that all along, even through some of her choices, yeah. <laughs> still using her in a mighty way. And now that I've said that, Lily, I know you've had a couple points you wanted to make. So I want to give you just a really quick chance to hop in here before yeah, we let Donna, before we let Donna pick up and, and move forward with, with some more testimony. Yeah. Well, he ain't wrong. I have a post-it note <laughs> <here>. <laughs> all of my notes here. Oh my goodness. The first thing that I thought of uh, you reminded me of Donna was a conversation I've had recurrently with a dear friend of mine. And that is God writes such a better story than we could write for ourselves. Oh, yeah. You know, I would have played it safe. I never would have let myself go through these things. I would have preserved myself from that. I wouldn't have had me curse God. I wouldn't have had myself uh, nearly commit suicide or go through the eating disorder again. No, mm. that's not something that I would choose for myself being the author of my life right. and knowing how those things hurt me. But God took that, incorporated it into my testimony yes. and saved me from those things. He didn't play it safe with me. No. I'm not, I was a dangerous choice for him to make. For a five-year-old <laughs> minister, I am a dangerous choice for him to make. Mm. I have right, some faults, but he chose me despite of them. My story oh, so bland and dull if I had written it myself. I would have just locked myself up in my room like I did when I was without God. Yeah. Like I had depression, like I tried to do. Yeah. It really forced me to come out. There you go. I kept on playing it safe and no one would have. Re- mm, we froze again. <clears throat> also, Praise uh- God. It with me. Am I frozen? I'm good. Hold on. Okay. So no one would have read my story. We're good again. Go ahead. Okay. No one would have read my story. It would have been each long. I stayed in my room. I slept for 12 hours. Hmm. Interesting how we keep freezing this part of Lily's story. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Lily, look what God did, you know? If, but it te- it took, you know, when God created the earth, yes, he, he thought it right. He thought mm-hmm. about it, but then he he it had to come to his heart and then out of his mouth. So he had to speak it. Oh, that's yeah. the same way with us. You know, God spoke your story, and there is nothing that we can do that we can run from God. Mm-hmm. We can't. We can't run from. I tried. I tried mm-hmm. to run from God. I was, I, I did was, too. yeah. And see, where did yeah. it get it? 
Romans eleven twenty nine says the gift and the calling of the Lord is irrevocable. And, oh, I love that verse. It's yeah. one of my favorite, and I highlight that in my book. That me means, too. <laughs> he, he, that means nobody can take it back. And you know, you wonder why people like you see pastors or ministers on TV or something, and they fall you know, in, from grace, but they still have their gifts and talents. Like they can play the piano and sing and all that, you know, God mm -hmm. don't take them back. Yeah. And Another he, yeah, he gives them to us. Yeah. Another thing I want to say is superficially on the surface, Donna and I may not look very similar, but the, and coming into this, you know, I had no idea what your testimony was. I have <laughs> a single word of it, but as soon as I saw you on the zoom recording, I felt a kindred anointing of motherhood mm. and caretaking. And I'll tell you, when I was 13, God told me that you will not have your own children of your own flesh and blood, but you will be a mother to mine. That's oh. one thing we have in common. We have so many portions of our story. We both cried out to the Lord to take our lives. He told us both no. He heard us and answered us, not the way we wanted him no. to, but in a much better way. Amen to that. We've when is Lily going to go down and visit Donna? Oh, I'm coming yeah. to get you, girl. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am in love with Lily. I love this. <laughs> Lily, you, you and I do have a kindred spirit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not something that you see on the surface. It's not about how we look or our age or our education, whatever. It's not about that. Not it's not at all. beyond the wall. It's about the gifts and the calling of the Lord that's irrevocable in our lives. That's right. That's and you know, yeah, it's, it's something given by the Holy Spirit that, that cannot mm -hmm. be explained. And it can, it's just wonders, wonderfully brought together by God's design. And boy, am I grateful. You better yes. get my contact information, okay? <laughs> I I want I want you to contact me. <laughs> oh man! Another scripture. I just I have to say this before we advance into the next portion of your yes. story. Yeah, yeah, go. A deep favor of mine, Isaiah fifty four, verse one. Shout for joy, O barren one! You who have borne no child, break forth into joyful shouting. Cry aloud, you who have travailed, for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. And God's Ooh, given. I have us. that. I have that marked that I was going to read tonight. So. Um, oh, I beat you to it. Thank <laughs> you. No, thank you for beating me to it, girl. I mean, yeah, I think you and I need to have a long conversation. <laughs> and I and it's true when you do find that. No, we froze again. The time you were. Oh, oh, we're we're back. We're, we're back. We're back. Okay. okay. I, I was just saying when you do find that kindred spirit, it's like um, you've always had been together. It's like there's never been a disconnect. It's it's very interesting how God makes that work. Yeah. And yeah. But um, to fast forward, because I won't go through all the stuff because people need to get my book. Okay. And they can go to DonnaGrantWilcox.com. Okay. That's www. I know I'm old. Dot DonnaGrantWilcox.com. 
Uh, hey, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be in the description. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Link will be in the description. He oh, good. Yes, yes. And for those watching, we will pop it up on the screen as well. So okay. link, well, links will be available. Well, through um, me uh, stalking my husband um, <laughs> day and night, night and day. Um, Let and husbands arise. Right. <laughs> Let... Arise, oh husband. Okay. Um... <laughs> there are so many good lyrics happening there. Sorry. I know. He said yes to me. And uh, then he asked me finally on the day we were to fly to Las Vegas. And yeah, I, I bet y'all didn't expect that one. Um, we. <laughs> We were talking and we were like, where can we go to get married? Because, um, well, first of all, with the, with the first date, okay, I have the cancer. So he's marrying a dying woman unless Jesus intervenes. Basically, the Mayo Clinic, the doctors, um, my doctor's Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, they can't do anything. He's marrying a dying woman. So he... And I decide to trust God just to go ahead and do it, just boldly do it, even though we didn't feel worthy, just to go for it. People, go for it. He's not going to hold what's been forgiven over you. So we went for it. I decided to be bold. And um, he decided to stand with me. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to trust God. I don't want to trust doctors. He said, okay. The first meeting that we went to, that he went with me, that morning, my devotion was Isaiah 2.22. Who is man but a breath in my nostril? Mm. So when the doctors began to tell me what I, they needed to do, I said, well, I, I just want to tell you that I'm not going to do that because that there's no cure for this. And I, if another tumor, you know, comes, which they could, they got, they pulled back the skin from my chest and my back and they got everything they could that they thought the tentacles would reach. But it's still, this cancer, it's, it's recurring. So it was going to come back somewhere and it didn't necessarily mean the same place. So the tumor could be anywhere in my body. And the tumor can go to the bloodstream within six to eight weeks. So you might not even know the tumor's there and it goes to the bloodstream. Had I not had the car accident and felt something in my neck that felt like a pee, you know, it, my neck and chest got uh, bruised up from the airbag. So they made me go to the hospital and I was fighting it. I was just like fighting it. Listen, I don't want to go to the hospital. Been in the hospital all my life. I'm not going to the hospital. I can walk. Look at me. And then I couldn't stand up and walk. So, you know, something was wrong there with my back. So I had to go to the hospital to do the emergency room. And that's where they found it was the only because they made me go. And it what had happened is the impact of the accident caused the pea-like sized tumor to protrude out where you could see it. Well, the doctors in the emergency room said, oh, that's just like a little water cyst or whatever. They called it a water cyst. I don't I don't know the medical terms. They said it's nothing. Don't worry about it. But you're going to need to get it out because where it is is, is a really inconvenient place. So I scheduled surgery, got it out. 
And the doctor that called me called me in a panic and left a voicemail that I've never heard a doctor leave one like this. He said, I don't even know what this cancer is. He goes, I know how fast it moves. I can see the data, but there's nothing we can do for you. You need to see a cancer specialist as soon as possible. Wow. And I'm like, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I literally started laughing in his office and he thought I had gone into shock. So he said, is there somebody I can call? And I went, I'm, I'm just like, it's, I'm fine. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just don't know what else the devil thinks he can do to me. You know, I'm whatever. And, um, and he's like, I, I think I need to call somebody. I said, there's nobody to call. I'm fine. I'm driving home. Thank you for the info. I'll call the cancer doctor tomorrow. I called my mom's and he sat and cried. He just looked at me across the table and just cried. He said, I can't believe this. And he loved our family. He was really sweet. And um, so anyway, I didn't do anything. But I told Bob everything I wanted to do. I wanted to go skiing. I wanted, we lived in Florida area. I wanted to go skiing. I wanted a red, a little red Corvette. Um, let me see. And I wanted him. And I wanted to be Mrs. Donna Wilcox. So six months later, we get married. I still have cancer cells in my body. I'm not doing anything. But the the weird, the neat thing about that meeting Bob went to with me with the doctor, when I told them I wasn't going to do anything, y'all take charge of your health care. Don't depend on man about your health care. Ask questions. Get information. We can be specific in our praying when we know exactly what to target, how to pray. And when I told him I wasn't going to do anything because it wouldn't prolong my life and it could lose, I could lose quality of life. He threw a piece of paper at me and said, why don't you just sign this? This would be your death certificate because you're not going to live. And I stood up and I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. I did not know I was meeting God today face to face. I said, mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that my scripture this morning was Isaiah 2.22, stop trusting in man. Who are they but a breath in my nostril? Thank you. Thank you so much. And I just got up. Bob got up. We walked out. Nice. I didn't go back. And so um, six months later, they still find in sales, but, you know, they don't, I'm not having any, I'm going to work. I'm doing everything, you know, to do, I know to do. And, um, it was probably, you have to read the whole story, but I'll, I'll say it was a good two years before we really knew that I had healing. And there was at one point when um, I came in, I was in so much pain. And Bob said, baby, I want to I say something. I said, okay. He said, go upstairs to one of the guest bedrooms and just start praising God. <laughs> you know, lift your voice. And I want you to just start praising God in spite of this pain. And he was fasting and praying for me, by the way. I mean, this man was diligent. And at first, you know, those, the, the human in me wanted to say, you take your butt up there. It's hurting like me and go praise the Lord. Okay, why don't you do that? <laughs> you know, the human in me wanted to say that I didn't. 
the minute he said it, I knew it was the Lord. I knew it. I just started crying immediately. And I went upstairs and I was just praising God. And I was just singing, you know, um, you know, I, I, everything I could think of, you know, uh, Jesus loves me. It was became one of my anthem songs that he loves me. You know, sorry, me. He loves me. I'm his princess. I am his princess. I mean, that was how I was. And um, and I'm going to tell you something. When you get that spirit of holy indignation in you, people won't like it. When you decide you're not going to let your sin and your past stop you from seeking God to the fullest, people are not going to like it. Mm. The world will like you better than the church. That is what I walked through. Because who am I? The scarlet letter to ever take hold of the scriptures and believe this. So I began to praise God and, I, and in the room, all of a sudden I see a TV. It was like a TV appeared in my room, in this guest room. And I heard the voice of God inside of me. People say, you know, I've, I've heard, I mean, it was inside of me. It was as if Bob was down deep inside of me and talking or something, you know. It was a booming voice that said, Donna, if you tried to fix this TV and you could not get it fixed, if you tried everything you knew to do, but nothing worked. Who would you call on? What would you do? And on the front of that TV was this name. I didn't recognize the name, but it was a long name. And it was the maker of the TV. And I said, well, I would call on the maker who made that TV. I would call the person that created that TV. And this is what God spoke to me. And he speaks to me simply. Okay, so just bear with me. He said, Donna. You're my child. If you'll trust me, I'll fix you. Mm. He didn't say heal me. He said fix me because I needed fixing, y'all. I needed more than just healing. I needed fixing. I needed a new mindset. And you know what? I said yes to him that day, and we never looked back. Um, God healed me of that cancer. Nobody knows why. There, to date, there's 600 and something cases of it. I'm the only known survivor. Wow. Praise God. And you know what? I am. I give God all the glory, but it didn't mean that nothing else was ever going to happen to me. And I kind of had that mindset. Well, <laughs> I am well and whole. I'm skiing. Bob bought me a red Corvette. I am good. Okay. <laughs> nothing else has ever going to happen to Donna. And because uh, Jesus got me, because see, I'm his princess now. And he has to keep us in check, right? <laughs> so, so, um, his little princess, um, you know, had to get some humility lessons. And, you know, we can, we can swing, you know, from one side to the next. It's just kind of hard to get it together sometimes as humans, you know, but God created us. So, you know, he knows what he did. So I, I figure he's going to take care of it. So the Lord brought me through a lot of lessons that you'll have to read for yourself about. But the thing that as, as God strengthened our walk with him 
And as we delved into his word, to study his work, he called us into missions. We went to Mexico, to India. We were, you know, we did things that no one would have ever dreamed I could have done and that we should have done. I remember a church lady coming into where I worked one day and and told me that my cancer was God's punishment for divorce. Oh. Yeah. And it was the first time in my life. False prophet. Yeah. And it was the first time in my life that this bubble happened. Woo. And it was a holy indignation bubble, but it was one from the Lord. <laughs> and I said, you know what, sister, so-and-so, I won't use names. God has forgiven me. I don't even know what you're talking about. So <laughs> that is your issue. It ain't even mine. And I walked away and I felt so proud. And I remember my boss, who was a lesbian, she came out of the office and she was very intent on me taking my medicine. My medicine was, and I told her this, I'm not taking treatment. I'm reading scriptures of healing out loud that I've written by hand throughout the entire Bible. All the pages I bring with me to work and I'm on my breaks. I go out, walk the parking lot and say my scriptures and then come back in. And she would often come to my desk and say, I think you need another break You're going out. If that's all you're going to do, you need to go do it. She was so afraid I was going to die that she would send me out to read God's word. And I would witness to her all the time. But when this lady left, she walked out of her office. She goes, was that lady giving you a problem? I said, I took care of it, and it feels so good. And she goes, all right then. And so she went back in her office. But it was like, <laughs> who came to my defense? A sinner. But I'm a sinner saved by grace. Wow. But she was living in sin, and she came to my defense. It's amazing what God will use if you'll just let him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing what God will do with your testimony if you'll just let him. You know, Lily, <laughs> you have a word for youth that is, you're an old soul, if you will, if you don't mind me saying. You have an old Bible believing, I'm not letting go. You can't change what I feel, what I know, because he's God and I'm his child. You have that old soul hold on for the ride. <laughs> you do. And God's going to use that. You're welcome, baby. I mean, <laughs> you did it. You, you did it. And you got to re no, realize. That's so much. No, like, really, thank you. <laughs> well, listen, the devil's going to try you on every side. Okay. I so am what? <laughs> he, you don't belong to him. You don't know how many times mm -hmm. I've walked my house and said, I don't belong to you. Get out of my house. This house is, the, is even God's. So I'm God's. This house is God's. Why are you in my head? <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm very vocal. I've always been. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I believe in screen therapy. Sometimes I go out on my decks. We have a couple of decks here in our house on the mountain. And I scream real loud. And I know people wonder who that is, but it just gets it out of me. I just like, go away. You know, you don't belong here. You know, I just let it go. And um, 
And you know, my uh, sister. I pray for myself is that the Holy Spirit will have no roommates in my heart or in my mind. Ooh, I love that. Just That's good. The Holy Spirit indwelling in my home. That's a worship <laughs> song. Oh my goodness! I oh, we need to get together. We really do. <laughs> That's a total worship song. I think we could write a rap. Oh, Did we ever? Well, I want to. I want to get to the Mario Murillo thing. Oh yes. Okay, so if you want to read the rest about our life, it is very interesting. Trust me, and funny. Okay, like devil possessed chickens and bikinis. That's my third chapter. It's really fun. So, um, yeah, I'm telling you, we need to do a comedy thing. So, anyway. Um, we do. <laughs> 2007, when we came back from India, my dad was declining in his health. So, we came back from India, and I worked at a college in Colorado Springs. And um, I won't say names, so I won't be promoting anybody. But um, I, and, and my my uh, dad would come and live with us at times because of his health. But um, my back, something was terribly wrong. I thought I was having kidney stones again. I don't know if anybody here has ever had kidney stones. But, you know, it's... They oh, say, both my parents have. have. Really? Well, they say it's like passing a baby. So I have passed some demonic things, okay, in my life. And um, they're kidney stones. And I named them. Mm-hmm. You know, the there's demon child one, two, three, four. And you will never come back in my body again. So... um they're horrible, horrible. So I thought that's what was happening. Well, I go to this doctor and they send me to the orthopedic doctor and come to find out not only do I have scoliosis, but my, my hip, my one leg is more than an inch shorter than the other, which every, we've all got a leg shorter than the other, but it was more than what it should have been. And it was in my, my medical records throughout my life. But because I was dying, that was the last thing they was going to you know, worry about was one leg being shorter than the other. You know, that would have been like a, you know, foolish thing to tackle. Um, so, so anyway, the doctor said, you've got some herniation in your disc and stuff like that. And, and then too, I worked hard in missions. We, you know, I helped with um, walking the streets and um, ministering and praying and building uh, medical clinics, churches, homes. And so I was, I mean, I, I really put myself out there and because I just wanted to be superwoman. I'm healed. <laughs> superwoman. I didn't use wisdom. Okay. I just say that. But um, um, anyway, uh, I began to be afflicted to the point where I, I'll fast forward to, we've been married 27 years, but um, last year on my husband's birthday, Kelly and Todd Hundle, which I can't believe I haven't said their name until now. Mm. I love, 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 adore, adore, adore. Okay, them. And Kelly had invited me to come to to this crusade because she knew I was stru- I'd come to the church for Project Rescue. I am a speaker for Project Rescue. Please, people, go to projectrescue.com. And check it out. We rescue people in over 30 countries from sexual exploitation, human trafficking. And it's gone now to where people are being trafficked for their organs. And when you've got a child being trafficked for their organs, 
you, you've got a situation, okay? Not to mention the sexual exploitation part of it all. The human trafficking is a horrible thing. But it's been, uh, we just celebrated last year, 25 years with Project Rescue. But um, uh, I, Kelly, um, I'd come to the church and I had a cane and my, my uh, God-given daughter, Corey, came with me because I couldn't drive. Um, I have spasms and my leg would just go out, just, just stop being working. And so she came and took care of my books and she fussed at me, by the way, a whole lot. <laughs> stop that bending over. You're not supposed to do that. Well, how many times have I told you? You know, she sounded like me. It was just really <laughs> sad. So um, I just, I just want to put that out there, you know, with her listening. So um, I love you. <laughs> I love you, baby. Hello, Corey. How you doing? Uh -huh. Welcome to Rock <laughs> Corey Austin Hoos. I love you with all my heart, 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 heart. So um, better than dirt, baby. Better than dirt. So, so um, she came with me, and Kelly saw the pain I was in and Corey she's a prayer I, that girl God gave me someone who prays okay and um, she prays so much for me and Kelly saw the trouble I had getting up on that stage you know to promote not promote but to let people know what Project Rescue is yes promote yeah to tell them what Jesus is doing you know Jesus right. doing yeah. great things through this program and um um, well, that so, was actually our, our missions window for that for that period uh -huh. was Project Hope. So I, I yeah. remember I remember you being at the church very very well. Oh uh, yeah, and we and went to just, talk to you afterwards. That's right. Oh yeah, at my table. That's yeah, right. that's, right. that's right. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that in June? Yeah, it was July. No, no, oh. June. No, no it was July. June. June. Yeah, and, and, June. and for those listening, that's when Donna threatened us that if we didn't have her on the show, she was going to hunt right. us down and hurt <laughs> us. So just, you know, keep in oh, mind as you're watching this sweet, you know, beautiful woman here that she does have a ah! mean streak. She will. <laughs> Hunt you down yes. like a dog. I, I like a dog. Those, I those were her words. Yes. Those were her words. Um, well, you know what? If you, Jesus says, you know, you had not because you asked not. You know, you got to get yourself out there. I mean, I got to ask you to be on your show to get on your show. So oh, I, Donna, <laughs> I was telling you. No, no, no. Let's, let's. I was telling you about the show and you lovingly said, brother, I need to be on this show. <laughs> I was okay. walking over to invite you anyway. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you kudos, Michael. Okay. Um, we'll talk to Heath and pay over him later. But uh, <laughs> Amen. Amen. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, and, and, and the funny part, too, a funny, haha, and it's not really funny, but my husband and I have learned to laugh. You, you know, if you're married, and you're struggling. I'm going to tell you something right now. As a as a therapist, as a doctor of therapy, you're not laughing enough. And you're not seeking God enough. You're not trusting him. You're trying to take everything into your own hands. Leave it alone. Trust God. Laugh with your spouse. Enjoy them. Yes. Because you may not always have them. Oh, yeah. And if you've got That's a so good, good one, yeah, you better hold on. I mean, my man, it's in my will. He cannot remarry, okay? It's in my will. <laughs> that is one man that belongs to me. So that's the way it is. So um, I didn't have a problem with putting that in there either. Even though 
I've been told legally it won't hold up. I've explained to Bob. <laughs> Biblically, leg- legally, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've explained to Bob how it, it is to be, and he's he's agreed upon it. So, um, <laughs> he is holding up. He is holding up his end of the bargain. That, he that does is. make it legal. Yes. He's holding it up, you know, with everything. Bless his heart. You know, I mean, I don't know how many people you know, when they meet him because they know me and they know that Bob's you know, been married to me all these years. Bless your heart. <laughs> I mean, do you know what that does to a woman? A strong, confident woman. You strong Lord. man. <laughs> you beautiful bless man, you. <laughs> bless your heart. I'm going to bless your heart to the next count. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he ain't perfect. I can tell you some things. You know what? He don't rinse the sink out good. I don't like that. Uh, I bet he doesn't. I bet no, he, he doesn't. don't. Yeah, very yeah. disappointing. Very disappointing. <laughs> so anyway, you need to be laughing more with your mates now and your children. Your children need to hear laughter. They need to be part of that laughter. They need to hear the joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're not finding strength and you're feeling weak, you don't, you're not finding joy in the things you need to be finding joy. So anyway, where was I? I meant Mario. So, <laughs> we, we were talking about being at Radiant and, and yeah. Pastor Kelly seeing how much pain you were in that day. Yes, bless your oh. heart. Now, now, that's a good bless your heart. Okay. She was, and, I, and the minute I met Kelly, it's this like me and Lily, okay? <laughs> Kelly was my sister from another mother. Okay, she <laughs> was. Kelly, Kelly's mine. I, there's something about Kelly I hold close to my heart because the minute I met her, we connected. And I couldn't ex- uh, explain it except for Jesus, just like with you, Lily. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are those God connections. Yeah. You never lose them. That's, they're wonderful. <laughs> And then Todd, oh man, could I mess with that man? I love it. <laughs> I, I just, I adore him and I adore them. And so because of that, when she invited me, I told my husband, let's, let's go. God knows I need healing. But that week I had my doctor's follow-up appointment. So Bob he pulled up to the door and he dropped me off because, you know, I go up because I've got the cane and uh, he park. he needed to park. And it was so many parking places was taken. So he had to park further away. So he said, just wait for me. I said, no, I can do it. I, <laughs> this. I can do it. I can do it. I, I'm going up. I'm just fine. So I get to the second floor and I'm walking, my leg goes completely out from under me. So I'm on all fours and then on my side because I'm not feeling the right leg. So so I'm first on all fours, then on, on my side, and I'm trying to climb the wall like a lizard um, so that my husband does not see that I have fallen and I get up before he comes you know, in. But wouldn't you know, as I'm trying to crawl up that wall, I hear that ding from the elevator. And around the corner comes my man. And he looks at me and he says, Huh, having a little trouble down there? And I mean, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Give me up. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we're having this most loving, most godly conversation <laughs> before my doctor's appointment. And he comes over and he helps me up. But little did I know, and we talked, we have talked about it at length, at what this was doing to him, seeing me. Sorry. This, no, no. This, this I apologize. On. Seeing me go from this vibrant, you know, woman to needing help walking to um, constant pain and um, it, it was hurting him. And I could tell, you could tell it was affecting him. It was like he couldn't be still. And I knew that it, it was affecting him. And I said, you know, he got me up and we laughed and we went on in and he hit, you know, we were holding each other's hand. My doctor's a Christian. I love my doctor. And we come in. And so he tells me the basically the bad news. The MRIs are looking worse. My spine is 19 millimeters from where it's supposed to be. I have seven herniations had, had, sorry. And um, was it four bulging, something like that. I can't remember all the data now, but the doctor began to tell me and he said, this will turn to walker to wheelchair. Maybe this will go straight to wheelchair soon. So, and he said, Donna, you just got to understand. And he, he's a Christian, but he didn't understand that we weren't going to have it. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm faith believing Jesus can heal me. I know what he's already done and I know what he's going to do. So, so we go out and, 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 it's, and it would be wrong to say we, we were not disheartened. We were. And I said, well, we're going to Mario Murillo and we're going to pray and believe. Maybe the Lord, maybe that's the night that it'll manifest. Because I know that when Jesus says that by his stripes, we are healed. We already have it, just like we already have salvation. Now, when... The interesting thing about that is we don't always know when it's going to manifest, um, it, you know, in the natural. You know, we it, it will. God, like with the cancer, you know, finally can, it showed no cancer. But we don't know when it's going to when God's going to let us wake up. Like I'd wake up every morning and, and I'd wiggle to see if I was healed yet because I'd wake up thinking, OK, this is the day every day. That's the way I, I've been. And um, so so you don't always know. You, it's, it can be very confusing at times. But, it, but if you will just rest in the Lord, people, rest in Jesus and trust his timing, mm. uh, God will do it. Mm. So we, we went to the crusade and all this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we sat a few rows behind Kelly and Pastor Pastor Kelly, Kelly and Todd and um, oh and I love um, uh, Zach and uh, Melissa and they were up there and um, I, he caught he pointed toward me and I remember as he was talking about whatever was wrong and all these things it was everything I had and I remember looking at my husband like man. I, Let's pray for that person. That person is hurting. I know that pain. <laughs> but, I'm so fast. <laughs> me, Lord? Me? 
You're hitting <laughs> me now, right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, really blonde and gray. So, um, <laughs> so as I realized this was me, I immediately, um, I think, I think, you know, I don't, I have to look at the video again, but I think I immediately stood up, but I didn't want the cane. Mm. Yeah, I just like, mm, get that away from me. I don't want it. And I walked up there and I went when he got through and I and it, he never touched me. Right. You know, and when people talk about he'll, you know, this man never touched me. I saw it in real time. Mm -hmm. I saw it happen. We yeah. all and me and Sean, because I was standing there with Sean Blake, one of one of the elders. And uh, he, he's my good friend. And yeah. we were watching. I'm like, Sean, do you know who that is? He's like, who <laughs> is that? I was like, that's Donna. She was just at church. She's with the, with the thing. With the thing. And we, we, start, <laughs> <laughs> we, we started jumping around like little schoolgirls, like, like, Cor like Corey and Topanga or <laughs> Sean and Corey. Like how they're jumping. We were doing that. <laughs> it's Donna. I've been behind the tent in error session and God told me to leave my post and go and watch a miracle. So when you started dancing, when you dropped that cane, I started I dancing know. with you. <laughs> I know. See? Oh, thank yeah. you, baby. I wish you'd come up. We'd had a, you know, thing going on. But, um, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, my, and my, but my husband was bought, was crying. You know, it, he was so, happy and watching me not need that cane and watching me be mobile and and you know I dance around with my grandkids you know and I, I make a fool of myself and watching me be that Donna you know that I am and it just did something for us and so I wouldn't ride up front with him on the way home we had brought our camper because we live an hour and a half away. So we had brought our camper, uh, what you call truck camper, and a friend let us stay, you know, at, at her house and plug in. But anyway, um, and we had just got it. So we were trying it out. We were so excited. We're going to be them old people, you know, travel around and tell people about Jesus. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I told him, you know what? I'm going to show the devil how healed I am. I want to ride in the back of this thing. It was 98 degrees that day. Yeah. And it was. Uh, and I. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was so hot. And, and not only that, it was so windy. Oh, yeah. I was bouncing around the back of that um, camper for an hour and a half. Well, more than that, because it takes longer with the camper. Having the time of my life, sweating like a pig. And I don't like to sweat. I don't believe in it. <laughs> I, do I do not now listen the, those who don't see me i am trim i am fit okay but i am not a believer in sweating okay i just think just have a balance and you'll be all right push that food away so if you don't want to gain another pound that's all you say that's all you do so um but i i don't believe in sweating but i sweated myself back there and enjoyed every minute of it because it was like me telling the devil take this now <laughs> fast forward y'all i started having some really bad back pain and the inflammation got real bad but it might i wasn't falling oh 
The Lord healed that falling. He's still, he's healed it all. Okay, let me make that plain. But I, I was telling Heath and Ethan when we were checking the sound um, it, last week, I didn't understand, you know, God don't do anything part way. He's not a part way God. He's not a part time, part way, part nothing. Mm-hmm. He does it all. So I was like, okay, God, you want to teach me something. And he is, he's teaching me something. I'm in, I'm actually right in the midst of the Lord teaching me some things. And I was brought to the scripture about, um, the blind man that asked Jesus that Jesus would pray for to heal him. And he told him he's, he had him step aside. You need to remember every word in the word of God. You need to read every word that's in God's word because there's a reason for it. There's not one period, not one. And, but however, that isn't meant to be something. Amen. That's right. So he had the man step aside. He spit on the ground. He made mud, put it on the man's eyes. And he said, can you see? And the man said, I see like trees walking. You remember Mm -hmm. that story? Yeah. Well, that was not all the way, right? Mm -hmm. It it, It wasn't fully visible to the natural eye for him. But then he did it again on the ground and then he put it back, put that mud back on his eyes. And he said, now what do you see? And then the man could see clearly. See, and then the Lord took me to Lazarus, who was stinking. He was already been sick, dead and stinking. Mm-hmm. He, he stinketh. Yes, he stinketh. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and, you know, King James. Yes, right. He's stinking. And, and you know, people was mourning and everything. And Jesus was angry. I mean, he's like, no, he, he is alive. So he called him out. But see, you guys, he had to suffer, die and stinketh. Get that. Suffer, die, and stink it. Then get called out. Oh, and was made whole. Can I? Can I add to your? Can I add? Do it, baby. Yeah. I love my favorite part about that passage is Jesus does not go up and take the grave clothes off of Lazarus. He tells those who yeah. just witnessed. The resuscitation of Lazarus. <laughs> yeah. You go, hey, fellow believers, get that guy who was just born again. Get that guy who just got out of that divorce. Get that guy who just got healed. Mm, yeah. You you do the sanctification work with me. You go take off his grave clothes. Okay, yeah. go back. <laughs> no, that is so good. I, you know what? I just learned something there. And I okay, was good. Bad, bad Donna, bad Donna. So, yes. I am paying better. I hear I am telling you to pay attention to the words. And I see, <laughs> I just learned something. We, it, iron, you prayed, Lily, in the beginning mm-hmm. for iron to sharpen iron. Yeah. I heard that girl. Okay. <laughs> you prayed that. Well, and also there was a, a little girl that, you know, uh, uh, 
a soldier came and said he he was like um what are you a commander and he wanted Jesus mm-hmm. to pray for his daughter well she died Jesus had to he said no she's not she's only asleep she's, she's only asleep. asleep I need to sleep okay I don't sleep well <laughs> so so and so you see you you have to realize when God does something and and it's so amazing like he did for me on july 12th but by the way was my husband's birthday mm. when oh. that happened. wow birthday Talk about an amazing birthday present i know wow and it was me again i was the birthday <laughs> <laughs> you said i'm back <laughs> baby <laughs> <laughs> was talking about about all the little pieces that happen i've learned in those pieces not to give in to the doubts that creep in when you're waiting you know i've learned to just rest in him let god be god and you know let god do in you what he wants to do in you and the only way you can do that is is by trusting in him and i wanted to uh, to read Paul, you know, he died and they, you know, in seminary, they fight over whether it's a physical affliction or whether it was, um, Paul's affliction was, um, people that came against him because, you know, he had persecuted Christians and followed him around and made his life miserable. It doesn't matter. It was an affliction. Right. And yet Jesus said, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And there's so many scriptures about our weakness that um, it's in our weakness that Christ comes in and he makes he makes himself known. He announces in a way that says, okay, now, okay, you're feeling weak, but you're trusting on me. Okay, good. You know why? Because in your weakness, there I will get the glory because I will raise you up because it'll be my strength, my power, not yours, yes. not your mouth, Donna, you know, not your words of wisdom, not your this, not your that. It's going to be mine. And that's what we have to remember. And that's where people tend to lose faith and fall is because they forget it is not within ourselves. It is within God. Mm. And I don't, you know, I, I, I want to just stop here because I want to come back. Um, <laughs> but um, I'll hunt you down like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I still remember that as plain as day. So, yes, you are, as we talked many times, you are welcome anytime. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and to just hear all these things. And I just want to, you know, God bless Bob. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you were delivered such a saint of a man, but let me tell you, you got a good one right there. <laughs> I am not <laughs> 
He's like, and you know, I asked him this morning, well, I was like, um, baby, am I a Proverbs 31 wife? You know, because, you know, I just, well, I mean, he ain't that told me lately. So I, you know, I was asking, <laughs> so, because uh, I was reading Proverbs 31 and, and I'm, he's like, what? Isn't that something you asked yourself? I said, no, it's something I asked you. You're the husband. I'm the wife. Am I? You know, and this is the way we talk. I, probably, <laughs> what in the world is going on in that home? And, uh, and he's like, yes, you're a Proverbs 31 wife. I said, was that in distress? <laughs> and he said, no, it is not in distress. Now you're in my view. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, 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 and only you men are going to love this. I'll tell you what I was in his view of. He had binoculars and he's watching them work on the road down at the end of <laughs> our mountain. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I'm worried about my man. He's looking through the binoculars and I was had to step in his view in order to ask, am I a Proverbs 31 wife? So he's like this and you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Mama needs to do what mama needs to do. That's right. But um, I got my answer. <laughs> yeah, as someone as someone who uh, drives pretty regularly for a living, um, I I am not interested in watching the road work. <laughs> Good. I can't believe it. They're making a turnabout. Okay, all they needed to do was carve out some, you know, some of the mountain on the other side. That's all, and just make yeah. it turn, turn around. But no, exactly. They're digging a hole underneath and putting a drainage in. And he's they, explaining to me why these machines are doing this. And he's... <laughs> I, I know I'm not the best looking woman in the world, but I ain't that ugly. Okay, get your eyes off the binoculars and talk to me, you know. Whatever. Lily, I'm on. Lily, please talk now. <laughs> please, please say something. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but... <clears throat> Your marriage is richly blessed. And I know that Bob is blessed by you and oh. you are blessed by him. And I pray that someday I have a marriage like yours. You will, and that's baby. What I'm <laughs> and you know what I say to young girls is just sell out to Jesus and he will be, <laughs> he says he'll be, he's your husband. You know, he says he is. And then he'll bring you your earthly husband when it's, the right time and if you don't stay tuned in you may miss it but mm. but don't worry you ain't gonna miss that see people think oh i've missed the will of god no god has, look at my life god has a cool way of coming back around okay <laughs> you just keep doing what you're doing and you won't have any problem because the lord has a plan oh yeah we don't need to fret no. just it's on the lord that's right Oh, I can't wait to have a conversation with you, girl. <laughs> okay. After party. <laughs> and I, that's yes, and and it will go long. There'll be no sleeping. Okay. <laughs> and right. I I apologize. I went past the eight. No, no, no. You are. You don't need to apologize for a thing. I told well, you before. You. We were just going to let the Holy Spirit move, and you needed to discuss what you need to discuss, and we were just going to make room for that to happen. So I'm, again, I am so thankful that we've had this opportunity, guys. Um, 
really quick, I want to grab final thoughts from everybody before we get into to prayer and closing housekeeping and all the things we normally do to wrap up the show. So let's um, let's start with Lily, actually. We'll let ladies go first and grab some final thoughts from you, and we'll just kind of jump around and, and get that section done. <clears throat> well, something that stood out to me is how you were wholly indignant. Shoot, that word. Your holy oh, indignation yeah. is something that preserved you. And Ooh. I know how mm. you evaded making an agreement. You evaded making that uh, signature on that death certificate. And when we were speaking about the little 12-year-old girl, where everyone said she was dead, um. I heard Christ say a different thing than she's only sleeping. I heard him say, stop playing dead church. Mm, I'm writing that. There's there's so Mm. many members of the body of Christ Mm. out there listening to this. And you feel convicted because you've been playing dead. You've been signing on to agreement that death certificate oh. mm-hmm. you yep. think yourself unworthy of a birth certificate and you settled for that that's right you settled for the death certificate you've laid by your headstone prematurely christ is mm. telling you stop playing stop playing dead mm. why are you dead i am the god of the living that's right and you follow me hmm. you need to get up out of that grave yeah. because there's another verse i thought of it's uh second corinthians 2 verse 15 through 16 where we are a fragrance of christ to god among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one an aroma from death to death to and the other an aroma from life to life and who is adequate for these things? Mm. No, it's, it's God alone who makes us worthy. He is our aroma. He is our scent. Amen. Air you're breathing in your nostrils when you're in that hospital room. And I remember when he told me to stop playing dead. Yeah. When my mind felt detached from myself and... um I wanted to be so stoic. I didn't want to feel anything because there was so much pain. Yeah. He told me to stop playing dead. Stop yeah. playing dead. And I just, I sense that's a word for many people listening to this. Not for one. I didn't receive some name. Hey, this is for you. Um, that's a word that's going to collide with many people's souls and meet them where they're at. And I just pray that graciously convicts us to come back to life that's right you know i i'm going to jump in and interrupt you there really quick because i just want to confirm a this word in two ways one besides the holy spirit tingle i just got (laughs) earlier today um prophetic wow here um i actually scheduled a facebook post for tomorrow um again kind of another praise worship kind of a let's stop and think about jesus moment and it just so happens it's destiny music's um version of ain't no grave oh 
Ain't no grave gonna hold my body. Exactly, exactly. Oh, so <laughs> I, I just love how that that whole thought earlier today tied in with that word right there. Like that, mm -hmm. uh, I, I I just had this feeling that that was going to be a poignant word at some point today or tomorrow that somebody needed to hear. And so then you you give that word right there, and I'm just like, wow, okay, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, wow. and I I had written down earlier, dry bones come to life. Ooh, oh, there we go. Yeah. So the Lord's definitely been on yeah. putting us in unity about what needs to be said. Yes, yeah. definitely. All right. Yeah. Any any other thoughts, Lily? I mean, I just I really want this to resonate with people. There's people are playing dead because of the fear of man, fear of the world. The fear of God mm. makes you come to life. How can you not be more alert? Be more sensitized, feel everything, fully awaken from the depths of your soul to the soles of your feet. Everything is awakened when you come to the fear of the Lord. That's right. All you deceived out there, just please hear that truth and accept it. Don't run from it anymore. Mm, yeah. That's awesome. Michael, closing thoughts. Yeah, I just heard the Lord say, uh, if you are feeling guilty right now, that is the enemy. If you are feeling convicted, there's a blessing that comes with feeling convicted. It's the it's called the touch of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy right. Spirit's job is to convict of sin. One of his job, along with the, the, the beautiful fruit and uh, the growth and the gifts we enjoy. And we love we love the manifestation of those. Hey, job like original of holy spirit is conviction of sin now that is not guilt guilt <clears throat> you you would feel if you're feeling guilty there's there's likely shame and condemnation yes. attached to it and romans 8 says for now there is no condemnation That's for right. those who are in christ jesus and while you're in it while you're in him especially if you're fresh and you're new and you just experienced the fear of the Lord, like Lily was talking about, you're probably going to feel a little like, Hey, I need to take off my dirty shoes and I need to put on the house slippers because you just walked into someone's house eternally. Like it, mm -hmm. welcome, welcome into yeah. the house, put on your yeah. slippers and, and, and let's just address the dirty shoes. That's it. That's all. You know, and it reminds me also of, uh, and now I'm starting to preach, but it reminds <laughs> me of, it reminds me of, um, a Peter, and how he didn't want the Lord to wash his feet. Mm. Okay. And, and he said, Lord, well, then wash my whole body. Cause, cause he's like, Lord, that's servant's work. You know, don't wash my feet. Yeah. That's servant's work. You know, where's the servant? You know, let's, let's get the, let's get some service here. <laughs> and, and Jesus goes, uh, Peter, you can't have any, you can't have any part with me unless you let me wash your feet. Right. Then he goes, then he goes, oh, I get it. Well, let me dunk. Let me get the bathtub out. I'll jump in the bathtub. You wash my whole body. <laughs> you and everyone else, Peter, are clean because of being and hanging around with me, being with me. It's yeah. just your feet that need to be washed. So that that is conviction. The Lord saying, it's just your feet, son. It's just your feet, daughter, that need to be washed. Okay, so there are people here who are feeling guilty right now. That is the enemy, the Holy Spirit, and, and which is the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of the Father. Okay, the Holy Spirit says, 
no, let's just wash your feet. Let's just wash your feet, son. Let's just let's just participate in in mm-hmm. in the ministry in the family business. Let's participate in the family business. We just need to wash your feet. So that's the word I hear for for uh, many out there listening to. And also, Donna, I y- you know I heard some rumors when you were guys were doing pre-show sound that you had a word uh, uh, for some people. Well, I'll tell you right now, your your testimony was for me. I've been going through so much. Mm. of what you uh have have gone not not maybe necessarily all the health stuff but right. but definitely <laughs> divorce yeah uh i've been going through that and and we're on the other end of that now you know except for maybe yeah. some of the emotions and stuff like that but we're on the other end of that now but what i am what i do want to say is I am shocked with how many uh, things that you said tonight were just like, I was trying not to cry most of the broadcast. So thank you uh, very much. I'm one of the people that you're ministering to. So, (laughs) Oh man, thank you so much. If I may say one thing. Oh, please. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. If you're new in the Lord, especially get this in you now, a Strong's dictionary, uh, Strong's dictionary says the fear of the Lord is a reverential fear of God as a controlling motive of life in matters spiritual and moral, not a mere fear of his power and righteous retribution, but a wholesome dread of displeasing him, a fear which banishes the terror that shrinks from his presence. Now, that's good. God's not some angry God. You've been divorced. Bam. You'll never be perfectly right. You can come up a little, but not all the way to the right. you know, Ferris wheel. You can just come up and look and watch people go around. That's not what God is. The true fear of the Lord. Do you remember being a child? This is why God says we need to be childlike. And, mm-hmm. and you remember you didn't want to do something wrong because you didn't want to displease your mom or your dad. Right. You know, it, it was this innocence about, oh, I don't want to make the teacher mad or I don't want to make mama mad or daddy mad. It wasn't so much about what was what you were going to do. It was more about you didn't want to hurt them. That in Hebrew is what the fear of the Lord is, is it implies in Hebrew. It says you don't want to hurt your father. You don't want to hurt what he's all that he's done for you. You want to please him by obedience. Mm hmm. And so don't look at him as this big ogre that's going to, you know, strike you down or whatever. If you're new in the Lord, let me tell you, that's not our God. Study the character of God. You will fall in love with him. Um, The fear of the Lord is a wholesome dread of displeasing him. That's it in a nutshell. Now, there's a whole lot more to it. But if you just think that way, I don't want to hurt my father who has done so much for me, who saved me. He's restoring me. You know, he's he's given me peace that I haven't known in, in years or forever. You know, whatever. You got to think that way. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more thing too. Sure. Uh quick, quick testimony. I was in a, an evangelism class, very powerful evangelism class and prayer class, uh, with evangelist Bill Russell. And it was the first time I had been slain in the spirit. Okay. Oh wow. And um, so I'm on the floor. And I get a revelation. I'm told to tell Sean Blake. He was in the class too. He'd already been taking it. And I told, you know, I was told to tell Sean Blake a revelation that I just had. 
uh, because the Lord used him to touch me. So I'm on the floor <laughs> and, and I start to see uh, Jesus fade in and out. Okay. Mm. At, like, like ripples, like, like you threw a boulder on a lake. Right. And, Shoot, and, <laughs> and, and so what to Don, uh, to Donna's point, he said, I've never heard him say it like this ever. He called me brother. He says, brother, I love you, brother. Now the second brother was because of the ripples. The second brother was because he was, he was like right in between the dimensions and it was just bouncing. And I was having this vision of that. Right. And, and he says, brother, I love you. And then it was like an echo brother. And, and Lily, go ahead. Yeah. When I was 13, I saw Christ. I was about to go to sleep and I recently um, seen a portion of hell and was just living in such fear of hell. Um, the fear of the Lord I once had transitioned to fear of infernality. And I went to sleep. I had all the lights on. I had the covers over my head like a real little child, you know, but I was 13. Mm. I was that scared. Mm. And I told I says to God, just a simple prayer, like, please keep me safe at night. Please don't let anything get to me. Please just keep me. And just like that, I wasn't in my body anymore. I saw heaven. There were different colors, a whole new color spectrum. And I can't even describe it because it's not even in our eyes to see on earth. It's just something we'll see in heaven someday. We'll all see it. And I saw Christ dancing. <laughs> hey. Oh, oh, my word. Lily, I yes. love that. Okay. And I, I, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, you're not done. <laughs> There's Ooh. more. There's more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not me now. This ties back into something else. I saw him and I stayed at a distance from him. And I just, I had my jaw dropped like I did listening to your entire testimony. <laughs> so awestruck. And, and I was looking at him dance to the voices of the seraphim oh and i'm just watching him and i'm thinking to myself wow i get to see this i can't even move mm. i can't even move i can't interrupt his dance mm. i'm just so happy i get to be here and i'm barely conscious but that's just the recurring thought ricocheting through the walls of my mind that's all i can think wow I get to see this. I revere him. I respect him. I can't move. Mm. I can't interrupt this. I just have to let him dance. And that's really like what the fear of the word is. That's like right. We just want to watch him. Him dance. In our mm. life. We just want to watch him dance in our lives. Mm. We, we don't want to do anything get in the way. We don't want to interfere. We know he knows better. Yeah know he dances better than if we tried to dance for ourselves oh mm. i dance like a white girl so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i do i do it, it, it's very erratic too but um but i want to i gotta say this before the mario murillo crusade my last surgery outpatient surgery they were having a hard time bringing me back my Blood pressure plummeted, and it took them three hours, my husband said. 
But in that, I, I don't like anybody to give me flowers. Okay. Uh, if for anyone out there that I love that I've loved the flowers you've given me, forgive me. It's just, they die. Okay. That's right. all. So, and I have, I'm usually the one that has to throw them out. So I don't <laughs> like it. So, um, so he, I told my husband, you don't, you ever bring me flowers or don't just don't do it and don't bring me chocolates. Cause we'll forget they're there and they just go to waste. So, um, so I, I so I'm just really crazy that way about flowers. And so, I woke up in my mind. I mean, I was I was out there. My blood pressure was, I think it was 50 over something. It was really low. And they they were giving me adrenaline to bring me back and um, to try to get me to wake up. But I was in the best place. Okay, you guys, I was I had I would woke up in this garden. And it's like Lily said, the colors were amazing. I'm not a big garden person, but oh my word, I've never seen such blues and, and pinks. I can't even describe them. And I see Jesus and he won't look at me and, <laughs> and I'm mad at him. And okay. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm telling him um, I'm ready, you know, because at this point, we've been mom and dad to over 49 kids, okay? Um, I'm tired. I'm a grandmother <laughs> to 27. I'm, I, it's all good. You know, go on. Take, I've told him. I'll be with Jesus. I'll see him there. It's all right. So I've told all my family, if I, if, when he takes me, don't worry about it. And um, Because um, I'm going to see you again. And you better stay right. So I will. But um, <laughs> But in this garden, I just remember feeling so much love and so much peace and no pain. And Jesus is there and he won't turn toward me. And I see this, like, it looks like a valley, but it's people. Wow. And I can't cross over. And the colors are just so brilliant. I'm like, these are so pretty. You know, I'm just being me. Okay, I'm ready now. And I guess I think I'm trying to schmooze him into letting me stay. And and he says, and he shook his head no. And mm. he, And he bends down and he's picking the flowers. So I become me. And Lily, there's a thing. God likes us just how we are. He made us. All right. So I guess he knew what was going to happen. And in this vision where I was with Jesus, I looked at, looked right at him where he wouldn't look at me. And I said, well, you know, they're going to die, don't you? You've picked them. Smart mouth. Total smart mouth. And yet I felt so much humility just being there it, I was humbled but I didn't want him to let me go back I wanted him I'd suffered with that pain so long in my leg in my back and I didn't want to stay I mean I wanted to stay there I didn't want to come back I felt like it, I'd prepared everybody I was okay and he wouldn't let me and when he when I said that I see this smile on the side of his face and he says Donna, my flowers never die. Come on. Mm, come on and, now. And when <laughs> I told my daughter, Corey, about that, she has, I've got a plant that's in my front window and she has written on, it's a fake plant. And it says, my flowers never die. Love Jesus. Mm. Isn't that great? That is so good. So I know what Lily's talking about, about the colors <laughs> and the fragrances was incredible. Anyway, I had to say that. I'm glad you <laughs> did. I'm glad you did. Um, wow. I, 
I don't even know where to even dive into this with a final thought. This yeah, what is, you got, Heath? Yeah, yeah th- this is. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that I could top any of that. Like this is, you're a hard act to follow, Donna. This is this is you know my show. So, <laughs> like, please, please have me back. Oh, you like I said, you are welcome oh, back anytime. You're a regular. Let's yeah. schedule it in. Yeah, let's just let's just <laughs> put it in the books now. Yeah, yeah, done, done. We've got that. Uh, no, I, I like I said, it's there were parts, you know, and, and us having talked as many times as we have, and you know, I've read several things, and you know, knowing who you are, like there were still parts of your testimony that were just a complete surprise to me, and and again, it's so evident that even in, you know when we're struggling and when we're hurt, when we're broken, you know, the fact that, that Jesus is sitting right there next to you, you know, yeah. and he's, he's waiting for you to say, Hey, I, I need you. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that, you know, you can make choices in life that, that you would think would separate you. And yet again, Jesus is still sitting there going, I'm right here waiting for you. You know, I'm, I've got a plan, you know, when are you going to wake up and realize that like my way is better than your way? Yeah. And, you know, and that's that that theme, again, is is very prevalent in Donna's Donna's testimony. And, you know, as you guys were talking some final thoughts there, you know, I just kept hearing in my head, you know, there's only love in the heart of God. Right. Yeah, you know, he, he loves. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He loves each and every one of us, regardless, uh, uh, regardless of where we're at. He loves you, yeah. you know, and, and yes, the the the. The Bible is also true in the fact that God is a, a an angry God and a jealous God when when necessary. But when it comes to us and in our existence here, you know, we're we're perfectly made. We're perfectly planned. He knew us before, you know, we were knit together in our mother's womb and he has nothing but love for us. And Amen. that is such a powerful thing. And to hear that. You know, the encouragement in your testimony is the fact that, you know, you've you faced all these obstacles with with your health, you know, and made the choice to to not choose Bob and to to go a different path and, uh, you know, all this. And yet God still has a funny way that he does stuff mm-hmm. to yeah. bring everything back around to his plan and reset things and then turn around and use you for all these things like I I was going through making notes earlier about just, you know, all the, all the things that you do to give him honor, you know, through speaking, through writing your book, through being a counselor, through, you know, being a, uh, you know, having a master's theology and being ordained chaplain um, to being a musician, a comedian, you know, to your missions work, to speaking for, for uh, project hope and, and project rescue, you know, this is just, it's incredible how God has turned your, your your tests and your trials into an amazing testimony and so i think that's that's going to be my final thought on that is that Um, i just i'm so thankful to god that um he's been able to use you and and just to impact our lives in the in the time that we've known you um you know i i I was telling the guys uh, the other day that um they should all be jealous of the fact that they didn't sit in with us um through the test call because i i I got off the phone call with you when we first started talking about this and then the test call like i just left with such joy in the lord and it was just Mm. so happy to have you know spent time with you and just to laugh and uh you know just just share some stories and 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 just hang out with you it's it's such a blessing and so yeah you are welcome back anytime anytime can i quote that to my husband you know what a joy that yes yeah actually actually we could we could probably sound clip that for you and you can just play it for him whenever yeah (laughs) whatever he's ringtone text notification yeah Yeah. like
alarm clock ringtone. Yeah. Wake <laughs> yeah. up to it every morning. Yeah. There you yeah. go. In, in, instead of the one, when I die, you will never marry again. That would right. be that. <laughs> <laughs> wake up to Heath's voice, his his masculine voice. There you know, uh, Donna, I was thinking. <laughs> you were such a blessing to me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Matter of fact, we'll probably mark that in the chapter markers for YouTube. So you can just go right to that spot and you just play it for him. Uh, <laughs> There you to, go. I'll try to there remember you, to do that for you. There you um, go. Yeah, and, so and go ahead. Can, yeah, I just want to tell Michael something. Michael, um, things, you know, you're seeking God. Things don't always turn out, you know, like we hope for sometimes, you know. But I know this as well as I know my name, that the Lord has put in my spirit to tell you, he is going to use every single second of what you've gone through and turn it for his glory. So hang in there. Amen. I, so I completely good. agree. I'm with you. Thank you. That's so good. All right. Well, as we, we transition, guys, Donna, would you, uh, would you lead us out in prayer? Yes, I will. All right. Thank you. Oh, God. What an awesome God you are. Mm. Father God, I thank you. Lord, you are the one that created this universe and hung the stars and knows the name of every one of them. Lord, you are the one who knew us before we were born. You knit us in our, in our mother's womb, Lord, and you called our name. You knew who we were going to be and what we were going to go through. But Father, you said you are the author and the finisher of our faith. So, Father, you are going to finish it well. Because, Lord, your word says that you want to bless your children. You want to show yourself powerful to your children so that we know, Father, and that we can feel your presence and we can spread that love to others who are, who are lost and dying. And without you, we'll go to hell, Father. We don't want that, Lord. We are just want to reach out. And use our testimony to bless others. So, Lord, as this panel sits here and those listeners out there, Lord, I just ask you, Father God, just to put a sense of urgency in our spirit that, Lord, we need to proclaim your name. We need to go where the people are hurting. We need to hug the hurting. We need to pray for them. We need to be a light in the darkness. And, Father, I know everyone that I've talked to here tonight, they are doing that very thing. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you use every word. It will not return void. It will, it will go and it will accomplish that which you've sent it to do. And Father, I know you will. And I thank you that you're going to bless this station. You're going to bless this podcast. You're going to bless what you're doing in this, Lord. Lord, you are in this. And you're. I know, Father, that you're going to bless it abundantly. And I pray that, Lord. I just intercede on behalf of my friends here that you, Lord, are going to do abundantly more than what they even imagined. Because you are God. And you have a plan. And you are good. And I give you the praise. And I give you the glory. And I give you the honor, O oh, Father God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Amen. Wow. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you for cheering me up there. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know, guys, we we 
have started this thing. We just don't like to close a show without giving you guys the opportunity to get to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him. And I feel more strongly about that than ever today, that if you don't have that relationship with him, today's the day for you. And so we just want to say a simple prayer with you. And so if, unless you're driving, <laughs> we want you to, to bow your head, uh, yeah, bow your head, close your eyes, and just say this prayer with us, and we're all going to say it together, uh, so you don't have to be alone. And um, yeah, so again, uh, dear Lord, dear Lord, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've, I've sinned. sinned, but I believe. I believe that Jesus died in my place. That Jesus died in my place. God, you raised him from the dead. God, you raised him from the dead. And so, Jesus, I confess, so Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. You are Your Lord. Please be the Lord of my life. Please, Please be the Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. And give, give me the power to follow you. Amen. Amen. Now, like I said, if you if you prayed that prayer... Congratulations! We believe you are born again. Yeah. And I want you. To, I want you to. I want you to yeah. share that. I want you to share that. Don't sit on this decision. Um, you didn't make this decision lightly. So, let someone know. Let let a friend. Let a family member. Let a church member know. If you you don't have anybody you can tell, then write us. You can write mm -hmm. us a prayer at rmr.live, and we would love to celebrate with you and welcome you to the family. And then we're going to recommend that you get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church, because again, we want you to stay the course. We want you to keep on track, because the moment you make that decision to accept Jesus, you're going to be targeted by the enemy, and that's just an unfortunate side effect of, of what we do uh, mm -hmm. when we make that decision. And so we we want you to have the support you need, and if you don't have that in your area, then write me. You can write me at host.heath at rmr.live, and I will gladly uh, help you do some research in your area to find a church you can plug into. Or we've got some online resources that can kind of get you by in the meantime. But either way, we want to make sure you've got the support you need. So if you have no one else you can share it with, you can write us, and we would love to share in that with you. Amen. And with that, guys, I just, again, I want to thank... Donna for joining us today. I want to thank Lily for, for tagging in to an RMRR episode. Uh, make sure, guys, to check out Lily uh, over with Ethan on Waymaker Ministries. They oh, are going to be doing um, some powerful, powerful testimony shows coming up. Uh, we've talked about in some planning sessions. They are going to continue the Spiritual Gifts series as well. So make sure that you're checking out Ethan mm -hmm. and Lily over on Waymaker. And again, Donna, I just... I. I am so honored that you chose to join us today and, and set time aside for us. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And guys, if you like today's show, I just want to remind you and encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your coworkers. Why? Because sharing is caring. And remember, <laughs> check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Like and subscribe to the show's YouTube and Rumble pages because, again, guys, we eventually want to go live, and that's going to give you guys a little different chance to interact with us. So like and subscribe. Also, follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Truth. We're all out there. The links are on the website. You guys know. You've heard it before. Podcast listeners, 
I just have to pause again and say thank you to those tuning in around the globe. And I never get tired of saying that because we love the fact that God is moving through the podcast. He is reaching people that need to hear these uh, these shows. Mm. And the fact that we're in you know, 12, 13 different countries now is just absolutely incredible. So all praise to God for that. But again, podcast listeners, we love you. And this one, you should go back and actually watch because again, Lily's <laughs> jaw on the floor for like <laughs> 75 percent of the episode. It was well worth the time to watch the episode and not just listen. That's only seventy four. Oh my god! <laughs> that's okay, Lily. You're my girl. Okay. That's right. That's you. right. <laughs> and if you feel led to donate to the show, links to do so are going to be on the website. They're going to be down below, probably around Donna and Lily's area there, or they're going to be in the show description. And all donations are going to go to hosting fee, software, equipment. Uh, wherever the Holy Spirit directs us to help out as well, we still are partnered with Redemption Squad. And so a uh, portion of the proceeds will go to that as well because we believe in what Zach and Melissa are doing there. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit has just said, we're just going to keep tying in with them until he tells us no. And also, Donna, do you have a, a your ministry has a donation link, do they not? I do. You can go to um, DonnaGrantWilcox.com uh, to message me. You can go to YouTube. I have Dr. Donna Grant Wilcox, so you can go to YouTube, find me there. Um, also, if you go to projectrescue.com, you can check out what we do there, and there's donation areas there. So, All right. So, yeah, if you want to awesome. donate to Donna, you, you can also donate to the show's uh, information that's on there, and we'll and just tag Donna in it. Excuse me. We'll make sure that she gets it. All right. And, and I... I I uh, support, we, we support different missions programs. So that's where the, add that money goes. Okay, awesome. All right, guys. Well, and remember to get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church. Yes. Plug into groups of discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can. And today, if you had half as much fun as we did, then we had <laughs> twice as much fun as you. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. Be blessed. Amen. <laughs> Be crazy. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.